Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us today. My name is Keith Catrone, and if you didn't know that, I don't really know how you found this podcast. I'm not sure what you're doing here, but I'm sure glad that you are here, and I hope you are too. I hope you enjoy what we uh, have recorded for you today. Uh, I'm joined today by my good friend Matt Lovato. Matt Lovato is an expert in personal fitness, group fitness. He is well-versed in martial arts. He's a student of the game with uh, with mixed martial arts as well. Uh, we have a great breakdown of some fights in this, uh, in today's discussion. But I think what we mostly focus on, and I think you guys are really going to enjoy this, is, uh, is a lot of obscure media coverage. We're going to talk about some weird movies that we enjoy weird movies we didn't necessarily enjoy and uh we just kind of have <clears throat> have a lot of fun discussing a lot of different topics um if you guys enjoy it today and if you don't enjoy it uh i'd love to get some feedback from you if you could leave me some comments send me some messages let me know what you thought let me know what we could have done better let me know uh what you enjoyed um my instagram you can follow my uh, my training, my upcoming fights, what what's going on with me is uh, is at Bone Catrone B O N E C U T R O N E. Uh, that'll give you links to my fighter fan page, which uh, will have further information. If you want to follow Matt Lovato on his fitness page, you can see him on ML underscore Intrinsic Resistance. And for some fun media-related things where he uh, reviews everything from movies to anime to comic books, uh, anything you can imagine, check out Matt Reviews Media on Instagram, M-A-T-T Reviews Media. So without further ado, enjoy the show. Turns all your bad feelings into good feelings. It's a nightmare. An Uzi. <laughs> I'm not from South Central, Los fucking Angeles. I didn't come here to shoot 20 black 10-year-olds in a fucking drive-by. I want a normal gun for a normal person. Whatever you're reaching for better be a sandwich because you're going to have to eat it. Use small words that you'll be sure to understand. All right, testing the sound. Good, we're back on uh, live on the air. This is uh, Keith Cotrone and Matt Lovato. Our camera has already gone out, so we're having technical difficulties today. <laughs> live from my mother's living room. To be expected on the first podcast. Yeah, of course. I mean, I technical I, difficulties. Yeah, I, I definitely saw that coming but uh you know thank you for joining us today if you are in fact joining us this is our first podcast i don't even know if this is going to get distributed but uh. <laughs> well before we were um you know we were, started recording before this and we were talking about uh, as soon as we sat down here keith gave me a copy of the watchman let's see are we back on we have oh it's working now so 
Anyways, you were saying, Matt, please go ahead. All right, so, um, you know, I let Keith borrow this this copy of The Watchmen like 10 years ago, and we were talking about how, you know, he, he first saw The Watchmen on the big screen movie, and uh, he was talking about how, you know, it obviously was not as uh, impressive as the uh, graphic novel. Um, because it, it, it was just overall, like, I had these expectations for it. I, I saw this yeah. uh, really exciting... Uh, action superhero movie that was coming out and I really wanted to see that and what I saw was a three hour long dramatic <laughs> experience into it's, like the depths of human suffering and it was yeah, like well, not, not and, what I expected and, well, I, and that's kind of in a way that's kind of like what the graphic novel is but the material is way more dense um, so well, you, they paint like a way better picture of the characters, and exactly like I, I feel like when you're when you're in the graphic novel, you you get a better idea of like knowing what you're getting. It was, I mean, it's it's a it's an Alan Moore book. Like he, yeah, that's a that's a well, genius at work who's drawing you this, um, who's who's drawing you this emotion, this feeling. Like it draws you in better than the movie. It does, could. yes, and it's a really one really really cool thing that he does that you don't get in the movie is that in between each chapter of the book you get like a background on each character, mm -hmm. um, so it's almost like you're getting this um, this weird mix of like old like newspaper clippings and like um, you know psychiatric like profiles mm -hmm. of these people, and so by the end of it, you really really feel like you know the characters. Yeah, you get really woven into the story a lot more than than the movie does, and that's like not to discredit the movie at all. I really actually now that I've read the book, I can appreciate the yeah. movie way yeah. way more. Uh, it was well done. It was well adapted in a lot of ways, but I feel like. As a standalone thing, the movie is uh, it's hard to appreciate. The Watchmen would have been more well suited as a like HBO miniseries or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, that would have been great. Or um, like like uh, Netflix for one of its like superhero yeah, movie series. I could see do them that. doing that in the future. Yeah. It would be, I like, mean, yeah, it, like it would be expensive, but I could see them doing that. I mean, they would be any family. more expensive than any <laughs> yeah. of the other shit they yeah, do. Yeah, they've got but a lot of money. I'm pretty sure it wouldn't be any more expensive than the ridiculous six. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, they've got time. Would for certainly it. not be that big of a fucking waste of time. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of ridiculous movies, and uh, you yeah. know, let's we're gonna take a hard. Well, let's left jump turn. right into this. We're gonna take a hard left turn here, because when when to me when we're talking about the Watchmen, it's probably like my favorite piece of media ever. Uh, it's up there. Yeah. yeah, but however, last night, uh, me and Keith both decided to watch probably one of the worst or best pieces of media we've ever seen uh, called Never Back Down 2, a uh, ridiculous martial arts movie released let, in 2011. Let's, uh, let's, let's reinstate the focal point of that. <laughs> Never Back Down Two. Two. No. <laughs> Not one. Not one. As if one wasn't ridiculous enough. As if as if, if, you, never... have, if you have yeah. not seen Never Back Down One, um, also ridiculous. Especially, now to your everyday person, you might think, okay, this is just kind of your run-of-the-mill martial arts silly movie. It is even sillier to somebody like Keith because Keith has actually fought in a cage a lot of times. Um, so it's, it's, it's really like my sister was watching with me and she's like, is this fucking hard for you to watch? And I was like, it's pretty brutal, man. Like, <laughs> it is, it is. 
Okay, so um, this movie is so ridiculous that last night when I was watching it, I had to take notes because literally every 30 seconds there was something so re- insanely stupid that would happen that I'd, I, was, I was running out of data in my brain. I was like, there's no way <laughs> no I'm going to remember no, all I, of these things. So yeah. let's just start with the, the basic premise, right? The main protagonist, protagonist in the movie. He's a former, um, he's a college wrestler, a, he was a, high school he wrestler. Was a, he was an all-state, uh, all-state, all-state high school wrestler. All right, so this kid's and a, like first year in college and uh, <laughs> freshman college. This kid's yeah. a badass. All right. Um, okay. The basic premise of this story is this kid goes to college and he's ashamed because his father left, <laughs> left his mother for another man. So he yeah. is not happy about this. That's okay. a very non 2018 premise too. Like oh, we're we're not uh, we're not we're 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 beyond that. It's, clearly, this is a very progressive story. <laughs> okay, so the movie opens actually with a cage fight. Now, within the first minute of this cage fight, there is a chest punch, which I thought. Well, I don't know if you caught that. You know what? I, a- I, I'm gonna throw this out there. When I when I fought Joey Davis, he punch me in the chest okay wait now wait a minute all right this is interesting this is interesting because when i saw the chest punch i was like that is horribly inaccurate whoever gets chest punched (laughs) little did i know dude that that shit fucked me up for months has been chest punched and apparently getting chest punched is really fucking painful it um i didn't feel it at the time i saw it on the video after the fight and i was like dude that's why my rib feels like it's about to burst out of my fucking back this is really interesting so now now my mind is blown because i'm over here thinking that that was one of the most inaccurate but turns out chest punch is a chest punch is real the, All right. the chest punch is real. No. This next one, I know, definitely is not a legit technique. <laughs> right. When a guy power bombs the other guy, WWE style, full blown head between the crotch, flips him <laughs> over his head, and power bombs him. Straight up, yeah. Straight that, up power Now, bombs. there have been power bombs in, in MMA before. You had Rampage Jackson Rampage power bombing. That's um, the most famous that's, one. Yeah, that's a classic. And I know there's other example. examples, but that's like the big one. Which that, was, that was the one that was like most like a power bomb, yeah. most effectively imp- implemented. Yeah. But the actual legit like legs over the shoulders. Right. You know, I don't think. Yeah. Has like that ever face happened? Face in the crotch. <laughs> yeah. I don't think. The, now I have um, seen. Uh, Wes Sims did that to somebody. Okay. Wes Sims. Oh yeah, that's right. Somebody, I remember he that. Had somebody in like guard, I think, and then he right. hiked him up and threw him over his I shoulders. Do, yeah. And bam, I remember like, that. Now and uh, there has been recently more. But that one, he, Wes Sims kind of did it like. He didn't like slam the shit out of him. He right. just kind of like picked him up and. Whereas Rampage's him, like, was like a full like violent, yeah, violent slam. Like that a, was a KO. Yeah, that, that was, was like gruesome. a Street Fighter. Yeah. Um, now there has been more pro wrestling moves popping up in MMA recently. I've seen some really funny ones pop up on like Middle Easy, where they had one where the the guy got the other guy in a Walls of Jericho, the Boston Crab, and he actually submitted I, my, the guy with yeah. the Walls of Jericho. No, no shit, my my. <laughs> Uh, my coach has been like doing a lot of leg lock stuff, and like Walls of Jericho has been coming up. <laughs> or, I mean, uh, Boston Crab's kind of been coming up. Like, that's like an old school move. It is. That's like old. I mean, old, that is old school catch if, wrestling. If you though, can like, get, well, if you can get somebody, the the problem with the Boston Crab, the problem with a lot of pro wrestling moves, submissions well, in particular, is they actually do work if you can get yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're totally. just insanely Real, difficult yeah. to get on somebody. Well, that that was like uh, that was what a lot of people don't know is that. 
catch wrestling and professional wrestling originated in the same place. Right. Uh, they branched off in different directions because professional wrestling was an avenue to display techniques. Right. And it was more. Um, it was more fanfare and more aggressive uh, displays. They were right. like meant to be more more showful and boastful. Catch wrestling, catches catch can wrestling is the original name of it. They they were actually competing. They were right. going like, can I pull this off? Well, and then and in, that's where, where that's where they they branched off in different directions. Right. And in the beginning, right, wasn't it like a lot of the guys were actually. There was guys who, like, a lot of the guys who were really good um, or famous, like, pro wrestlers in the beginning, like Bruno San Martino and mm-hmm. Vern Gagne and uh, Gotch well, and some of, of these were, guys, yeah, they were actual were legit yeah. badasses. Yeah. They did both. Yeah. And then Originally, they, I, they and did And then the both. idea, right, was that when they started fixing these matches and determining the outcome prior to the match, they would get paid larger sums of money in mm-hmm. order to do that or something along those lines. So that's kind of why they would do both is because right, sure, it was sure. a way of making more money. It, it, it makes sense. I mean, imagine like if there was a, imagine if there was a, a league of MMA where we have MMA fighters and where we have the fighters fighting in what we have as like the, the UFC, the MMA competition. And then there was like this, alternate excuse me there's like this alternate league that was just fighters showing like all this shit that they can do (laughs) it's like if this guy wasn't stopping me from doing this guess what I could do this fucking triple spin kick off the cage and like come down and knock his fucking head off it's almost comparable in a way to when fighters will have like an open workout and they'll kind right, of just right. demo their skill set. Right, exactly. Like, uh, who was that that uh, that girl who just fought Cyborg? I was seeing all those um, videos of her doing yeah. like spin kicks. What was kicks. her name? Yeah, I know. Ka- Katya or Kat- some Kat- shit. She got a really hard name yeah, to Katsunaya. pronounce. Katsunaya. Katsunaya. Is that I think it? That was it. Yeah. She, uh, I mean, I, I don't want to. That was just sad. I don't want yeah, to talk shit on anybody live <laughs> on the air, but like, I was watching her do these fucking demo shit and it was like, she did a fucking step through uh spinning hook kick and i was like ooh, <laughs> she like didn't even hit the that, pad right it was that, like her calf hits the pad i was like fascinating that like, was that was truly like a lamb going to the, to slaughter. the slaughter yeah it was really sure. fucking sad but, i mean but, first of all no one has any business in there with cyborg i don't now, think now, so now i may disagree with you slightly on that because okay. i do think that the amanda nunez matchup hmm. is interesting no, you're I right. Think that, that holds some water. For yeah. Sure. Now, I yeah. think that if Cyborg, if those two fight, I think that Cyborg, if she beats her, it's basically just going to be through just sheer fucking dominance. Like, mm-hmm. she's just physically more imposing. Right. However, I think Amanda, Amanda Nunez is a lot more technical with her striking. Mm-hmm. She's faster. And I actually think that Amanda Nunez, this might sound crazy, I think she almost, like, hits harder. Because I think when I think Amanda she does Nunes, too. No, no, no. when I she think... lands, it's a more like violent I... impact. Where a cyborg, if yeah. you really look at it, like she hasn't had very many like really violent, violent mm-hmm. like KOs in the UFC. It's mostly like TKOs, yeah. due to, like accumulation I, I of strikes. I don't think cyborg hits super hard. I, I yeah. see the way cyborg hits. Cyborg hits like like a like a heavily muscled person. Right. She doesn't she's, have a lot of snap on her punches. She's, yeah, she's yeah. tense and she's solid. And it's really hard to stop her from hitting you, right. even when you're blocking, because she's so fucking strong. Right. But uh, she she doesn't hit with that like that grace and fluidity that, no. that a really well tuned striker does. Right. Like yeah, yeah. It, 
I, I would definitely give the the edge and striking to to Amanda Nunes. Like you can just see like the she she has more of like a striker build where she's not like yeah, super shredded. Definitely. She's got like a little bit of, of that looseness to her body. That, yeah, like, yeah, and that's what a lot like, of people don't understand too. They kind of automatically assume that the more shredded you are and the more in shape you're going to be and all these type of things. Yeah. But they don't realize the muscle is like a rubber band. Yeah, and if it's too tight and if it's too tense, you're gonna lack a certain amount of that that rubber band yeah. effect, that snap back. There's like I, I tell. I mean, people, if you look like, at the best strikers, you mm-hmm. know, like Anderson Silva, he always had a little flab on him. If you yeah. look at like uh like Fedor, not that he was like the best like kickboxing wise, but he always had those really quick reflexes he, where he, he would just snap right into it. He was very sharp with his. Uh, with his with his movements, he right. landed everything where he wanted to land it. He at his timing was on point, and a lot of that came from him not being too wound up. His body right. was loose and yeah. effective. Yeah. Like, was yes. It? Yeah. Um, well, um, before we get too off <laughs> yeah. topic here, <laughs> after that little tangent, yeah. we want to get back to Never Back Down too, because this is right. clearly very important. Oh, this is definitely um, yeah, this is big stuff. So we left All off. Right. We were talking about the power bomb. Uh, yeah. Okay. Powerbomb happens. Uh, the other thing I want to address here... Powerbomb happens. West Sims and uh, Rampage. That's our... our two. The other thing I want to address here is uh, Todd Duffy is in this movie. Todd and Duffy he is a, was uh, golden. He's a, current, he's a current UFC fighter. Is he current? He's, he's current. He's he had some issues with... Uh, he had some kind of... A, it was really sad, actually. He had some kind of a, a disorder of some kind. Mm-hmm. Um I, I can't remember what it was, but I think it was something where like his muscle would atrophy or. I remember something. hearing something about that. Yeah, yeah something like that. Something going um, on. Look it up if you guys want to. Um, but anyways, you know, I, although I feel bad for Todd Duffy in those circumstances, uh, he's got no business being an actor. Let's be honest. That was the worst he's, acting I've ever he's seen. He's got the charisma. Uh, you know those old TV dinners that look like they're from 1970s, and you look at them and they just depress and you. And they're still in. And they're still like, in. Like, they've never changed the packaging. Like the banquet dinners or yes. something like yes. yeah. <laughs> and they're like brown and orange, and they just have there's, this there's, weird yeah. lighting. And that's red, red and yellow. Yes. <laughs> that is what when I watch Todd Duffy act, that's what that does to me psychologically. <laughs> it takes me back to one of those TV dinners. It's just horrible. He's got. There's no emotion behind any line. That I he love says. my favorite part was when the guys like the guys like. Um, so your money head of security. How's four hundred dollars a night sound? He's just like like rolls his eyes. Like, yeah, I guess. But <laughs> I, I guess, but you gotta you gotta fire, you gotta my, fire mom. my mom. His mom, <laughs> his mom is a stripper in the movie, guys. So he's not into that, obviously. Clearly. Um, no, and then the other guy is like, I wish my mom worked here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, which brings me to my next point. There is a character in this movie who is quite possibly the most ridiculous movie character I've ever seen. So he starts out... Oh no, we loved this guy. <laughs> he's he was a, like our he favorite. Is a, he is a emo kid who's getting bullied. However, by by Mexican gangsters. By, now wait like a minute. Okay, I made sure I made sure to take note of this because this is a huge issue I have with movies. <laughs> I've seen this shit a lot lately. Not just Mexican gangsters. He was getting bullied by a three man gang that consisted of a black dude, a Mexican oh, you're right, dude, you're right, you're and right. a white dude. Yeah. Now, why movies keep perpetuating this ridiculous? idea that street gangs are multicultural is absolutely absurd right. no you're right. have you ever seen a gang where it's a white guy a mexican guy a black guy 
You may as well throw a Chinese guy in yeah. there. <laughs> there is no such thing. There might be out there somewhere, but that would be more of like mm. a uh, uh, like a social justice group or something. Yeah. Not that, necessarily. That would, that would a gang. be more. Yeah, that would be like a like a. Um... That would be like a college group who was fighting for <laughs> you, you could tell it, It's almost like no. because I was just watching a movie the other day where they had the same thing. It was 21 Jump Street, which is a comedy. Right, and right. at the beginning of the movie, they bust this gang, and it's the same thing. It's like a black dude, a Mexican dude, and a white guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the, I'm like... Uh, the, uh, the... What? What was it? The one percenters or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. That? Like, yeah. He's like those guys are one percenter, but I'm watching it. And well, you I'm know like, what? Bike bike gangs are a little different though. They are a little bike different. Gangs, I agree. They, they have more of a uh, an exclusivity where yeah. it's gotten. It's that's, not that's really true. doesn't have anything to do with race. Right. That, just that's like, true. That's true. If you're a fucking maniac, you're a maniac. You're, and yeah. You're in. You like, can come in the gang. Yeah. But what I will say is, but it does seem like it's a reoccurring theme in movies where they do tend to do that. It's almost like they have somebody on set. Who's like their PR person? For sure, and for they're sure. like, we got to make sure this this gang. We can't be stereotyping these people. We got to make sure this gang is multicultural, <laughs> you know, which is just always yeah. so silly looking like, to me. Well, it like doesn't it, make any sense because most of the time, uh, there, there's there's a legit reason. Like, gangs usually form in uh, in cultural enclaves that are uh, impoverished to a degree. There, there's some right. sort of uh, there's some sort of of uh, class discrepancy there and there's a reason why people come together and create uh groups of violence right. typically those cultural enclaves have the same races in yes. them. that's yes. what a cultural enclave right. is it's a group of people who have been hobbled together because of their ethnicity right and uh a lot of the time that, that spawns gangs it's really rare that they just grab a white guy. <laughs> like, hey, man. Like, hey, bro, why don't you uh, be part of this? <laughs> like, well, okay. So this ridiculous gang that is bullying this uh, this emo character. There's this emo comic book geek in the movie, which that's where this movie is also ridiculous. Like, it just totally latches on to some very, like, 1980s movie kind of cliches. Um, there's a scene at the beginning of the movie where this girl comes in and she's asking the comic book geek if, or she's trading in some comics to the mm. comic geek. And then he asks her on a date and she's like, yeah, as if dork. And it's like <laughs> in 2011, like, I don't think being a comic as geek if, is necessarily dork. yeah. as dorky as it once was. It's pretty common now. Um, uh, I, th I think, uh, yeah, yeah, it's pretty it's, widely it's, accepted. It's, it's more pretty about mainstream. Yeah, it's more about presentation. This right. Is how you want. Like, now, well, however, we're all comic if, book dorks. If, like, if we're going off of presentation, um, this character absolutely deserved to get shot down <laughs> because his hair is ridiculous. Oh, dude, his wig. Now, like, let that... me describe to you guys what this guy looks like. Yeah. He looks like a pretty good college wrestler because the kid's got a neck on him. Oh, he's got sure. a, he's got a neck. No, they couldn't hide the fact that they grabbed a, an athlete yes. and dolled him up to be this character. And then character. they just tossed the emo wig on him. That looks insane. I mean, yeah. it just looks horrible. You could tell it's a wig. So he kind of met a, he he morphs as the movie goes on from this like dorky emo kid. He was very repressed and very yeah. uh, like helpless, getting yeah. beaten up by people. And uh, I think I see where you're going with it. Please continue. He, he, like, he yeah. morphs from this dorky emo kid who's, like Keith said, very repressed, very sad, lonely. And then he starts to develop some confidence when he starts to learn martial arts. However, uh, after developing this confidence, he also develops a um, psychotic nature. Yeah. 
He, and he becomes more malicious. Yeah, he becomes very malicious. He's, and he's, he he starts. To, he's like a he's like a Jedi that's been seduced by the dark right. side. Yeah. Like. Yes. Yes. He turns to the dark side. I want to make and, a side uh, note real quick while yes. we're on this guy right now. So when um when uh the 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 stud college wrestler and the um and the pro boxer guy are sent to um. They're sent to Michael J. White's right. uh, camp and to to train with him. He goes, I don't just take on anybody. He's got two people training with him. <laughs> yeah. The emo kid and Todd Duffy. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I don't train just anybody no. except that guy. <laughs> yeah. Now, what I'm wondering is uh, before the other two guys got there, how did uh, Todd Duffy and the little emo kid, how did those two work out as sparring partners? Because Todd Duffy had to have just been beating the shit out of this kid for forever. He must that guy be... was probably so stoked to have two more people there. <laughs> right? Like, my God. Because <laughs> Todd Duffy, number one, is so much fucking bigger oh, I wanna... than you... any of the other characters in the movie. Want... And he's competing in the same tournament yeah. as them at the end of the movie, which is ridiculous. There was no other heavyweights <laughs> in that movie except Except Todd Michael Duffy. J. White, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Would, maybe. <laughs> He's just he's just super jacked. So yeah. he I don't know what he weighs. He probably walks at like two ten. Yeah, he's probably ish. like a he's probably like a light heavy at most. Um, I think he's like five nine or something. Yeah, <laughs> he's not very tall. But speaking of which, Michael J. White is bodied up. That dude is a physical <laughs> specimen. Dude's a freak. He is a freak. I don't know how old he was when they filmed that movie. He was probably like early forties, maybe. He's got to be pushing fifty Dude, yeah, now. He's been uh, around for a while. He, he could be. He could be sixty-five. Like yeah, know, he, he's up crack, there, man. Like he's... and uh, <laughs> when Michael J. White kicks a bag in this movie, I mean, pretty much everything Michael J. White does in this movie. Uh, you realize pretty quickly that this guy is a legitimate he, badass. He's I a mean, real martial artist. Yeah. Did you see him on uh, on the set of Blood and Bone teaching Kimbo Slice how to throw a punch? I did, yeah. It was adorable. I, I it loved was, it. It was super cool. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, he's like telling him like, uh, what was his, uh, his, he, uh, he was his stoplight metaphor? He was like, right. you know, you see it move, right. then your brain goes, oh yeah, that's coming. He's, he's like yeah. a super nerdy like martial arts guy. He it's is. Fucking and dope. He, he like, was talking about how uh, when you throw a punch, how like a lot of boxers will kind of roll their shoulder yeah. and like, telegraph it. And he had a really interesting thing where he was talking about not telegraphing. Yeah. It's, it's it was, pretty he cool. He was talking though. about uh, how, how you're, he was talking about the electrical impulses in your brain, right. how, how it responds to, uh, to tell signals. He's like, you see the punch coming straight in and it just gets wider slowly then your brain doesn't recognize that. If you see the p- the fist move, if you see the shoulder roll over, then your brain recognizes that. It's like seeing a uh, it's like seeing a light go from from uh, green to red. It goes right. pop, and then you recognize it. But if you just pop, like, right? If you come in a straight line and pop, then your your line of sight only sees that fist go a little bit bigger. Then you're hit in the face. Right. Your, your registry doesn't catch it until it's too late. Yeah, so Michael J. White, he's a badass. He's, uh, you know, he's... When I first started watching this movie, and I saw how badass he was, and I started remembering Spawn from when I was a little kid. Oh, it's god-awful. Don't it's, get me. It's horrible. <laughs> and, but then I started to ask... I, I, Michael J. White is one of those actors where I always ask myself, how come this guy never blew up? He should have been, like, the next big action star. Then I saw Never Back Down 2, and then I was like, oh, that's right. He's also a horrible actor. <laughs> um, <laughs> which, I still love Michael J. White. Like, I think he would be perfect if you threw him, like, in the Expendables or yeah, yeah. roles that are kind of meant to be ridiculous. But let's be honest, he's not winning any Oscars anytime soon. 
He's just a badass dude who's a legit badass. A legit badass. A real, not a Hollywood badass, a real badass. Yeah. Um, Uh, Let me see. So, well, we've also got... Uh, I had some other notes that I got. Oh here. yeah, let's hit these. We, um, we got to get through. The, we got to get this, through these this, notes. Yeah. We're almost. We're about halfway through here. Um, this movie, <clears throat> it looked like it was shot for about a quarter of the budget of Never Back Down One. It was clearly which was already a movie that <laughs> fairly, looked like it was like. But, but but you know, Never Back Down One, I think, did have a. It was released in theaters. Right? Yeah, yeah. Never Back it Down was, One was a was a legitimate release. It yeah, because that was it was an expensive movie. It had uh, Jimon Hunsu, or how do you pronounce his name? Dig- yeah, Digimon. Digimon. I always say Digimon. I always call him Digimon. Yeah, he's, a, he's yeah. a big actor, yeah. and it's it was huge it was riding that wave. It was like oh seven or oh eight when it came out. Mm-hmm. So this was when the MMA was like really peaking in I, popularity. I do have a comment about that actually that I was I was I was mentioning when we were watching this last night was um, MMA is still such a. Uh, such a new sport to mainstream that movies are still being released where people are like like our MMA sports movies first of all we're yet to get like a really good one maybe like right. Warrior is like the best one we've had Warrior would but, be the closest thing to it but even I've had people that I've talked to who've tried to tell me they're like yeah man Warrior is so realistic I'm like uh no uh, it's not no. Warrior <laughs> it's like it's more realistic than some of the other shit that you've watched but yeah. it's still ridiculously stupid um, and like you know it's not but, yeah but uh that's probably like the best that we've gotten but we're still getting a lot of uh, media where most of our most of our media relating to MMA is like, like what's this MMA stuff? What? Right? Yeah. Hey, yeah. You guys do UFC? We gotta work on some Mai Tai and some jits. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's it, like it's still everything's everything's really fresh, and most of the introductory, like most of the uh, most of like the movies, TV shows, things that like involve MMA, it's about people like finding out that MMA is even a thing. Like, yeah, whoa, which is like, a really weird... I kind of caught that, too, when we were yeah. watching this movie last night, was that, you know, it's like, UFC is pretty mainstream now. Like, yeah. everybody knows a Ronda Rousey, a Conor McGregor. I guess maybe for us, just sometimes we've, we've, we've been into it for so long, we kind of forget how uneducated people on the outside can be. Right. Might be a little well, bit of it. I, I've been, yeah, like, but, I've... Like, Watching old UFC fights was literally how I got into martial arts in the first right. place. I was, I was fucking four years old. My dad's showing me VHSs of like of Frank Shamrock and Hoist Gracie. Yeah, yeah. Like, same thing. All that shit, and I was just like, oh, that's awesome. That's like blood right. sport for real. I want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and it, yeah, and it's well, the fascinating thing about it, and the thing that these movies always get wrong, is that real fighting. Don't get me wrong; it's it's very exciting. Um, and it, it, you, you have some great fights. But a lot of times when you get down to the nitty gritty in real fighting, it's not a back and forth punching each other in the face. It almost always ends up on the ground. Mm-hmm. It slows down considerably. It's not what they paint it in these movies. And no. it's like when you're watching these... Where I, everybody's Superman punching each other <laughs> right, back and forth. Back and, and forth, like, spinning back, kicking yeah. each other. Oh, I like how crazy, dude. <laughs> here's, here's another ridiculous thing about this fucking movie. They have a guy who's a boxer uh-huh. character. And he's they, a badass boxer. Oh God, and yeah. he somehow, like, over the course of a month, transforms into the most amazing capoeira <laughs> oh, I was, kicker God. you've ever seen in your life. And yeah. if you're not familiar with capoeira, it's a uh, it's Brazilian, right? Is yeah, it Brazilian? It's, a, it's a Brazilian martial art. Right. It's very beautiful. It's yeah, very it's like ineffective in one-on-one. <laughs> like, it's, a, it's, it's not... The, I, the thing about capoeira is... Um, I... 
don't quote me on this. I didn't learn this in a college class. I'm not getting this from a textbook. <laughs> this is uh, hearsay. But what, from what I understand about capoeira is um, it was originated by slaves in Brazil. Yes, way I long have ago, this. Who um, were not allowed to practice they martial were, yeah, arts. Yeah, they weren't allowed to practice martial arts. They weren't allowed to practice fighting. They weren't allowed to fight with each other. Right. Uh, they weren't allowed to have weapons. So what they did was they would dance. Yeah. But they developed they disguised it. Yeah, as a they, dance. they they developed a fighting system that they could practice and develop that looked like they were just dancing. Right. And it is fascinating and mesmerizing and beautiful and it has its purpose, but it doesn't really make any sense in no. an MMA fight. Yeah. Well, I can't even like. Can you even imagine like? The first, if if they were just like slaves who were doing it to disguise, you know, pretending it was mm-hmm. a dance, would they just kind of be like practicing their movements and then their like slave owner would walk by and they'd kick his fucking head off? And then, <laughs> they'd, and then they'd be like, I don't know what happened, man. I was just practicing my capoeira dance and I fucking knocked out my slave owner. And then everybody escaped. And I wasn't planning on it. Like, yeah. So I like, mean, it's oops, it's, my bad. But I don't know. Hey. Maybe maybe they were just waiting for that day. They were gonna have, like have the revolution. They were just gonna like, uh, like guess what, everybody? We got helicopter kicks coming your way all fucking day. <laughs> like there's just uh, a field of guys on their hands just right, kicking the yeah. shit out of all these slaveholders. Everyone. Yeah. Well, so this boxing character in the movie, yeah, well, over the course of like a month, he goes from not being able to throw a roundhouse mm-hmm. to being the most amazing capoeira guy. Oh you've yeah, ever Let, seen. let's also point out like capoeira is profoundly difficult. Like yeah. that is not. A, you have to have a yeah. pretty high level. Like if you're just like an average dude, who like you have you have to be born with a pretty high level of a, of athleticism to get good at that martial art. Yeah, like you're not just gonna you're not just gonna be a kind of a regular Joe Schmo and get good at capoeira. It's right. you gotta be you gotta have the genetics for that. Um, so yeah, this character gets really good at it. The boxing character. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for some reason they they decide like we're not gonna teach this boxing guy how to grapple. We're just gonna teach him how to do capoeira. <laughs> Which is yeah, that's another ridiculous thing. Okay, that's another thing the movie got wrong was that if you were to walk into a regular martial arts gym, uh, if you had a boxer, what's the first thing you're gonna teach him? Takedown defense. Yeah, in a heartbeat. There's no question. Yet the first thing the the uh, Michael J. White sensei character starts teaching him is more variations of striking, which yeah. is like totally stupid. It's nonsense. Um, but uh, so another stupid thing from the film. Um, also, um, there's another extremely ridiculous scene in this movie where uh, the boxing character he's got like a loose some retina detached re- partially mm-hmm. detached retina in his eye, and he goes to the doctor and. This is 2011 this movie takes place in, and this boxer has never heard of MMA, apparently, mm-hmm. because he's walking out of the office, and there's a receptionist there. And the receptionist is watching a video of this MMA competition uh, online called The Beatdown. Oh, The Beatdown. And she goes, oh my god, girl, these guys are so hot. They could have me any day of the week. Ground and pound, baby. <laughs> which was, this is what she actually says in the movie, which was the most... I, I was probably getting a drink or something. When I, I don't remember most, that. That's so, so fucking funny. This boxing character, that's all the motivation he needs to start taking up MMA. As soon mm. as he hears this receptionist talking about oh. getting grounded and pounded. <laughs> grounded and pounded, you say. <laughs> he found his new career. Yeah. Um, so another ridiculous story point. 
Um, now, there was one single moment of this movie that could be easily missed uh, if you're not paying close attention, but it was probably the single most ridiculous moment of the entire movie. Um, there's The emo kid in the movie has this ridiculous wig that he's wearing, and he decides to start shaving his head. Mm-hmm. Starts shaving his head, and as he's shaving his head, if you look closely, he has a photograph of Michael J. White shirtless oh, hanging up the- on his Dude, mirror. We pointed that out when we were watching it. We were dying. And I saw he's this. He's just like in fight stance. And he's in fight stance. Like- now, I guess the more savvy moviegoer in me should have recognized that and said, oh, that is this uh, filmmaker's brilliant, brilliant way of giving you a tell that this kid is crazy. Mm-hmm. However, it just looked like a really vaguely kind of um, uh, sexual fixation <laughs> that this it little was, emo it, kid. It was a reference to this guy's unhealthy obsession with his, <laughs> with his, with his sensei. Yes, with his sensei. Um, you know, and there was just, if you guys haven't seen this movie, go and watch it. I mean, we, we barely even scratched the surface. If you really, we could probably sit here for 12 hours just analyzing just every this thing down, little yeah. ridiculous detail within this movie. Uh, that's just a little bit of it. Also, if you haven't seen Never Back Down 1, that's also a equally ridiculous movie. Not quite as bad as Never Back Down Two. Well, it has more. Um, it has more studio value than Never yeah, Back far Down more. Two. It wasn't. More. It wasn't straight to VHS, but it was bigger uh, actors. Yeah. Um, uh, still conceptually just an awful <laughs> movie. Uh, I'd also like to point out that um, I don't know the guy's name, but it's the guy from American Horror Story who's like orchestrating everything from. Oh, his um, that's yeah. uh, that was the one big actor they had yeah. in the movie. What the hell is this? But he wasn't drive? a big actor back then. No, like, he, he wasn't get big until after that. You like, know what? That same. It might have so been that what, whatever his name is. Tate. Evan Peters. Evan Peters. Is that Evan his Peters. Name? That's his name. And yeah. he, uh, he, uh, that kid, he, um, I think his big breakout role would have been in X Men. Story, right? No, he had. A, he was in X Men First Class in 2011. Yeah, he played he, he was Banshee. Quicksilver. Or, or, no, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. The guy right. who played Banshee's a really good actor. Yeah, but he looks just that? like him, right? They're kind the guy of similar. Who played Banshee. I think they're kind of similar looking. Banshee's Evan Peters played Quicksilver. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but have you seen uh, the Last Exorcism? No, I Dude, haven't. That kid who plays Banshee is so fucking good. Really? He's fucking chilling. Okay, He's I'll have to great. check that yeah, out. I, yeah, I, I oh, that. dude. I didn't really think that was going to be a good movie, and I don't like found footage movies. That was probably the best found footage film that I've ever seen. Like, it caught me by surprise. It was super cool. Like, all right, yeah. I'll check that out. Well, so this kid Evan Peters, uh, who was also played Quicksilver in X Men First Class, he's in the movie. Now he was in the first Never Back Down yeah. as well in a kind of a side character role. I guess probably about the same size as his role in Never Back Down too. I think he's, I think he was a little bit more involved in uh, in this one because never was, back down too. Yeah, yeah he, he was, was kind of like the Dana White promoter yeah. of the movie. Now, actually, Michael J. White makes that reference. He, he right. calls him like you calls him Dana White, little miniature Dana White <laughs> motherfucker. Now, <laughs> what I think happened here is I think that Evan Peters was roped into a sour deal. Uh, I think that he probably did never back down one, thinking I'm never gonna have to do one of these piece of shit movies again. My career is gonna explode after this. Then his manager came and he was like, oh, you know they're doing Never Back Down 2, right? Shit. And he was like, so what does that have to do with me? Uh, well, you signed a contract. You have to appear in this movie. And I think what happened is, is he probably had like a small role, maybe like a cameo lined up for Never Back Down 2. And then the studio just fucked him and they realized he was clearly the biggest star. His career was taking off. 
and then they just put him in like a massive role in the movie for the marketability. <coughs> That's what I'm guessing happened. Um, needless to say, he can't be proud of his work, but in that film, but hey. no. Uh, but you know what? I, I don't think he'd hit it big yet. By by the time uh, it, it, Never Back to, Down Two was out, I don't think uh, that might have been the last B movie he did before yeah. he. Uh, started to take off a little more yeah i think that was like the end of his uh his scratching and grinding portion of his career like after that that's really when he started to take off but and what um, a and what a way to end the final <laughs> portion of his career what a perfect movie what a perfect note to go out on oh, before yeah. heading that, into the mainstream you know that last uh that last rung of the ladder you know that last <laughs> Dick, you have to suck before you're, <laughs> you're all done with that that part of your life. Like, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, well, in other news, um, I, I wanted to talk about the huge, huge fight cancellation. Uh, Tony oh, Ferguson yeah. pulling out, pretty crazy. Yeah. yeah, I saw the I saw the notice the notice on uh, Instagram. Which you know, I was surprised to hear how he got his injury. Um, but I don't think anybody was surprised to hear Tony Ferguson got injured when you see his insane training methods of him kicking metal pipes, yeah, elbowing yeah. metal pipes, uh, just doing all-around crazy shit he's, constantly. He, he's a wild man. He like, is a wild I man. Love and I, 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 love I love the Tony way he Ferguson. fights. I'm, yeah, I'm I do too. I'm a huge fan of he's, Tony He's probably the, one of the most exciting, just like violent fighters mm -hmm. in the UFC. That I, dude is all bones. Yeah. He just, he's, he's skinny, but he's, yeah. he, you can tell by the way he moves with people, he's stronger than he looks. He's, he is. He's fucking stick skinny, but he yeah. can just toss people. Like, he, well, he's really smart with his energy economy. Mm -hmm. Like He yeah. doesn't exert more than he has to. You know, in a good way though. Yeah. He, he uh, you know, he'll just he's he doesn't mind going into guard, getting on his back, yeah. which might not have done him any favors fighting Khabib, but mm, yeah, but it's also like I I don't I don't want to I don't want to pad him too much with this, but uh, Khabib doesn't fight a lot of guys who are that dangerous off their back. It's true. It's yeah, like, I don't doesn't. I don't want to say that one way or another. No, that uh, that is true. He's like, he's he's probably if you really look at it, like in the entire UFC, uh, Ferguson is probably the most dangerous dude off his mm -hmm. back. I mean, he's one of the most who, active guys. Who does more back, damage sure. than him off their back? Pretty much nobody. Mm -hmm. He's very he's active. He's on his back, like uh, he's guarding. He's throwing submissions. He's throwing right. elbows and shit. He's doing work off right. his back. I Absolutely, fucking love that. It's great. He uh. Now, with that being said, it's a bummer. It's the fourth time this fight got canceled, which sucks. I'd like to mm. see this fight already. However, I don't think they could have found a better replacement, except for, unless yeah. they unless they would have got McGregor. Obviously, that would have been huge. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you couldn't get a better replacement than Holloway because he's actually really kind of. Uh, to me, I look at Max Holloway, and to me, he is like a upgraded Diaz brother. And that's yeah, not yeah, to, yeah. that's not meant to be like an insult to the Diaz brothers, but I can um, see what you mean though. He's like he's like a Diaz brother with like an extra gear. Like, exactly. That's like, exactly yeah. when I was thinking of how to describe Max Holloway. That's exactly what I what I meant when I said an upgraded Diaz brother because yeah. he's like a Diaz brother except for he finishes a lot of dudes and he's got a little more when he decides to turn it on. It seems like he's got a little more power in his punches. He's got more. Uh, he's got more wind up. Like the Diaz yeah. brothers, they're they're more pepper. They're like yeah, yeah, tight tight uh end of the punch shots that do a lot of damage they fucking rack your brain up real bad they're more volume but i see that max holloway like his shit comes from his shit comes from the hip yeah. <laughs> he, he is, if you guys didn't see his last fight with uh, aldo 
man, he's that guy just really has improved like a hundred oh, yeah. percent. He's so good, and uh, that's a really interesting fight because basically what you have there now is a super fight. Um, it's a it's a it's really for the first time ever you're seeing the 145 pound champ now versus the 155 pound champ now Khabib he's not officially the champ but he may as well be the guy's undefeated yeah, he may he's, as well be. I mean like, he if, if you were gonna take this fight and you were gonna ask people who would you rather see would you rather see Ferguson versus uh, Holloway or Khabib I think most people would probably lean towards Khabib just because he was almost like the uncrowned champ you know because he's had such a he's undefeated um Big he's, win streak. He's, he's had a long, long road to uh, to he has, that, yeah. that first contendership because he really like yeah he should have had a had a title opportunity. He should have, and it's it, it was a weird mix. I think with Khabib, it was a weird mix of circumstance too, mm-hmm. though. Um, well, he, he he had some trouble with his weight for a yeah. While he had too, trouble with like, his yeah. weight. He had some injuries. There was mm-hmm. just a lot of times when they. I think there was. A, I, I I wouldn't fault UFC for this because no, I think no. there was a lot of times where they were trying to. Mm-hmm. Line him up as like the next that's, big dude. Yeah, that's, that's just, definitely not at all what I what I mean by him having a long run. I'm just saying in general, like he right. probably should have been at that top shelf because well, he level was a long time. I, I remember like <clears throat> God when he when he first fought like a uh, Dos Anjos, and that was what like four years ago, five years ago. When, when Dos Anjos was like when when Dos Anjos was, was, on, was his on a tear, tear and so then that, that's the, that's something yeah. people forget too that Dos Anjos had a tear where it was like you he know like, like a nine or ten fight win well, streak. It was it was, but, it was when he started training with Rafael. Uh, Rafael Cordero, right, and he right, was, yeah, who just was taking these Brazilians and turning them into devil strikers, right, like, yes, and yes. So Rafael dos Anjos came through and was annihilating people, just making top shelf fighters look like bitches. He was. and then and then fucking. <laughs> Khabib just came that's, and beat the so dog that's the, shit out of that's him. the interesting thing about yeah. it. I would have don't quote me on this. I would have to go back and look yeah. at it, but I believe it was like Dos Anjos won four fights, then he got beat by Khabib, then he won another. So right in the middle of yeah. his terror, he gets beat, and he didn't get just he so didn't it wasn't like beat. yeah he got was, beat handily. Yeah. I mean, Khabib just completely controlled him, he just like, shut him down. Yeah, yeah. So people kind of um, just kind of forgot about Khabib in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, after Dos Anjos went on his tear, and then uh, you know, well, that that's like that's a really big deal, you know, like that's especially beating like right in the middle of his tear. Like I think a lot of people don't really focus on what that means. Right. It wasn't like he got he hadn't gotten his momentum yet. It wasn't like he was at the end of his momentum. He caught him right in the middle. Right. And right when he was at his peak, and he hit that wall called Khabib. Yeah. <laughs> And I think people don't realize like how important a nice like run in MMA is. Like if you look at most fighters, they it's it's very rare that you'll have a fighter with like kind of a back and forth record. Like most guys will go on like hot streaks where they'll have like you know five mm-hmm. to ten wins in a row maybe. Yeah. Where they're just wrecking people, and then they'll get that one loss, and then something I don't know if it does something to their confidence or it's just a physical thing or. But typically they go on uh, runs, so and I, that's like Khabib is just like this guy who just he just derails mm-hmm. people, you know. I, I, I would say that um, probably a lot of what what you experience is a, like a, as a fighter, you train really hard. Right. You, your your work is is just this incredible amount of stress. Right. And, and when you're winning, you're going like. 
fuck yeah, all right, I'm doing this, but I'm getting this done. You know, I'm getting a lot out of this. I'm going, I'm, I'm putting in work, and it feels like when you when you get a loss, it's like all that work you did just right. got like dumped into the river, and it's like right. okay, now I did all that for basically nothing. Right. Sure, you still got your paycheck cut to you. You still got experience, and it's not like you really didn't get anything out of that. You did. It's it's. A loss is as good experience as a win. It's a lot of people consider it better. You know, most right. people come back better from losses, or you you learn more from it. But it's just a uh, the way that it derails you is you can't help feeling like you just wasted so much energy. You just wasted so much time. Right. And I think that fucking breaks a lot of people. Like, yeah. At well, least for at least for a period of time. Well, and it's different too in the sense that uh, this is not like a regular job that you're talking about. This is not like a you know, I, I've got to turn in a report by a certain date, and yeah. then if my report sucks, all right, I'm back to the drawing board. I got to put some time in. Mm-hmm. This is you're putting your body on the right, line. Right, so right. in the process of getting ready for that big challenge, there's shit that happens. You know, there's injuries mm-hmm. that happen. There's you know, you're you're completely. I mean, your your whole I'm your whole adrenal system, mm-hmm. like everything is shocked. You know, because you're yeah. training so hard. Um, so it's not only is it the can it be probably you know demotivating mentally but physically you got to climb that mountain mm-hmm. again and anytime you add the physical and the mental it's much harder well there, there's also this thing that happens like every time I fight uh, and every time I get like a new injury something becomes real about about it you know like something that that was uh, theoretical before becomes a reality my first concussion I was like oh shit well that can happen now <laughs> you know yeah. my first uh, my first broken bone in a fight I'm like oh fuck me that could happen now you know uh, it's like when when like first time I got my face knotted up real bad and that that literally happened in my first fight so yeah, I was gonna <laughs> that, say, that, that was the worst that yeah. was probably like your toughest war uh, that was your first one right that was a good or tough one, to. yeah. That was a, that was a good back and forth, but um, yeah, when when stuff like that happens, it, it goes from being like this thing where you think you're prepared for it, you think you know it's like, uh, when I got my first real bad concussion, I was like in bed for days, like it was it was so bad, I was like delirious and I was dizzy and I couldn't walk right. I was like after the fight, I was like throwing up from it. I didn't know what was going on. Right. And uh, when you realize, like, how bad shit can get, like, it, yeah. it, a lot of the time that happens in a loss. Like, you get a loss and you go, fuck me, I just lost that whole thing, and I'm in the hospital, and I got hospital bills and right. shit now yeah. from this. Uh, you know, uh, technically the, the promoters are supposed to cover that, but a lot of that shit gets fucked up in the loopholes that happened to me. Mm-hmm. Where uh, we we were like, okay, so we're covered by the insurance. We got to go to the hospital, and the and the paramedics were like, well, you didn't report that to the fight doctor right after the fight, so like we can't help you with anything. And they were just like, all right, well, we got to go to the hospital. So, right. <laughs> uh, you know. Now, did you notice that when you like so, for instance, when you fought for Bellator, did you notice that the quality of care in a bigger fight promotion was any better than so much worse, man? They just <laughs> wow. like because they didn't give a Not fuck what about I was me. They, to hear. they didn't no, they didn't give a fuck about me. They put yeah. me in the back and they're just like they're pumping AC through that building and they're just like because uh, I wasn't I wasn't a high profile fighter. They didn't right. give a shit what I was doing. Right. They're like 
all right, your coaches are over here. Like, we got to get him over here, guys. So they just put me in, like, uh, like they're like, get his clothes off. Like, so just like, wow. they wouldn't let me, like, warm up. So I'm hanging out in the cold with no shirt on and shit. And they're just like, uh, all right, send him in. And then after the fight was over, I had this big gash on my face. The doctor just goes straight blood sport on us. He just like wow. he just pushes everything off the table. He's like, "We're gonna take care of this right here." It sews my face up. I, I, I was think, just like, I think that's what a lot of people don't realize too is that with a, with a lot of these fights. So like when you had your Bellator fight and you fought uh, Joey Davis, who was like a what was he like thirty three and zero as a. No, he was 171 and I was Okay, sorry, I was a little off there, guys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was just a smidgen Just off. a couple, a couple uh, bouts that you didn't account for. He was 171 and 0 as an amateur wrestler, so he was like a really fucking good amateur wrestler. Um, and I think in their minds, they were probably thinking, you know, we're going we're gonna to take this, this amateur fighter. Cause, well, you'd had, what, one pro fight at that point or two? I've had one pro fight one at pro that fight. point. So they were thinking, and they, who knows, they might not have even, uh, do you think they even looked at your amateur record before you fought him? I'm not sure. No, I, I yeah. think, yeah. They, I, so they, they I, were probably I, I thinking, really they, they were probably thinking, uh, we're going to take this guy. He's 1-0. Joey Davis was, um, he was having his debut. They were probably thinking, not realizing though that you had like an eight and one amateur record, so you mm. had plenty of experience, and it really, really kind of shined through on the fight because I don't think that they were expecting that fight to be as tough for him as it was. Mm. And he actually he didn't fight for a long time after that. Like his next fight after that was like no, it was, wasn't but, it like over a year maybe? It was a while. Uh, I think he like just recently had it. He just had it. Yeah, he, he, he annihilated the guy. He did. Like, I saw yeah, that. Uh, he he destroyed him, but. Um, but I, 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 my opinion is that the reason why his fight after that took so long is I think they probably realized um, he's got some more work to do. Yeah. Like we got to go back to the drawing board, and he, this kid needs to get more experience. Well, his his fight with me, my only thing about it is uh, he he caught me early, and I was I was uh, fucking stumbling around for basically the next fifteen minutes, uh, half asleep in there. I made a I made a lot of mistakes myself. Um, uh, forgot a lot of the game plan. <laughs> like, yeah. like, he basically fought like the way we were expecting him to. Right. And I I just uh, I'm I'm too aggressive. Like I wanna I wanna be in the fight. I wanna be like I, I wanna I wanna be in the pocket and I wanna be working. And uh, he wasn't letting me do that. And I. It got the best of me for sure. Well, what was interesting though about because we were there watching, and um, what was interesting about it was uh, he um, going into the fight. The first thing I would have said, and I, I talked to Keith about this after the fight, was like I would have said one, one of the typical things you'll say if you're fighting a wrestler, like stay away from the leg kicks, no leg kicks, because then they're going to take you down. Mm -hmm. But actually, like your best moments in the fight were when you were leg kicking him, mm -hmm. um, and because I don't think he was expecting you to kick that hard. And then also, too, is that as the fight went on, especially when you guys got to that last round, um, I think you looked better as the fight went on. Mm -hmm. Like, I think if that would have been a five-round fight, it, who knows? It could have been True. different. Uh, that, that's what a lot of people told me. Uh, it looked like my, my conditioning was holding out better than his was. He I was don't tired know. at uh, the end of that fight. He could yeah. barely even I, like, I, get up. I, I hate to, uh, to speculate. Right. Um, yeah. Considering like he did, he did fairly, fairly beat me. He was a gentleman about it after the right. fight too. We talked, and he was he was very cool. Um, but uh, I I felt like I was probably a little bit more 
Like I, I didn't feel any exhaustion from that fight. I remember right. like at the end of the fight, I was just, uh, I was, I'd taken some damage and I was kind of fucked up, but I didn't feel tired at all. Right. Uh, but even even as tired as he was, um, I couldn't stop his takedowns. Like I, I think I think he was just gonna probably get more busy with the takedown. Yeah. And, uh, but that also, as he was getting tired, would have given me more opportunity to work on the ground too. Right. Probably would have had more more submission opportunities as that was going. Um, and the the last takedown he got on me, I was going for that little like uh, I can't remember what it's called, a little side choke where you uh, underhook the underhook the neck and like a dart. Not a dart. I didn't have the arm, but I like I was trying to kind of like underhook his neck and uh-huh. just like scissor his. Oh, his, like the one drug or. Yeah, but I, I just I, I, I know what you mean. yeah I didn't yeah. have my hips in the right place right. and I wasn't able to really sink it uh, and I think I might have had more opportunities to land something like that the more tired he got right uh, so yeah if we had a couple more rounds to work who knows uh, well and you know one interesting thing about that is how you were talking about how you know when you fight a guy like that like it's just there's nothing you can do to stop the takedowns because they're just so specialized in that yeah, one area it was it was tremendous and and what's still, it's almost kind of an honor to be to be double legged by a guy like that. <laughs> What still what still drives me crazy till this day is when I'll be talking to somebody who maybe doesn't have any experience like training at all. So, bro, just get up. Right, and <laughs> not to say that I'm an expert or anything, but I've at least trained and had a few fights, and like I know how fucking difficult it is to try to. I've n- never uh, grappled with anybody like Joey Davis, but just other good wrestlers. Mm-hmm. And even just good wrestlers, it's hard to get up from under right. their fucking takedowns. Let alone a guy who's 180 whatever, undefeated. Um, and but normal people will say, "Oh yeah, but you know, if you train, like I feel like I'm strong enough to where it's like you're a fucking moron. Yeah. Like how do you go get an IQ test? How well, stupid are you? It's I, I, it's crazy I, to I, me. I've been saying for a long time. There's something about the sport of fighting that like I don't know. It's like an alpha male thing. If it's just like the way that like people are wired like everybody thinks they could do it right i think everybody it's, thinks that yes. they've got it like like i i could probably like no dude we train and specialize in this for right. a reason and it looks the way it does for a reason right and, like, and now now and yeah and that's the that's the funny thing too is that uh People just I think I think it's a, a, a way people are wired thing. I think people have a, nat- a natural tendency to believe that they're more capable than they are. Yeah. And, but uh, it seems like specifically with fighting, though. Like, specifically, so, like, yes. Like, like like when people like I watch basketball. Right. I don't watch basketball, <laughs> but if I watch basketball, I'm gonna look at that and be like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing in there. Right. Like, those guys would destroy me with this. People I have no idea. <laughs> people have this idea that they have some kind of untapped potential. They're going to be able to hit this second gear that you haven't seen before. And don't get me wrong. Are if I there, just get mad enough, I'll are, just hulk out and smash right, you. Right. Are there individuals out there who are born just naturally more badass than others? Yeah, yeah they're out gifted, there. Gifted. There's yeah. gifted individuals yeah. for sure. Um, some people are just freaks. Fighting is, is an innate thing it's part of our, our um right our, our dna i think biologically there are some people who are freaks absolutely but those are not what, like most people are the same right and then you train which, to be better yes and which like, brings me to my next point those of you out there listening who uh if you're listening to this right now and you're thinking i might be one of those freaks they might be talking <laughs> about me 
you're probably not a person. You're probably <laughs> just a moron. Um, and you need to stop thinking that right now. Because yeah, you're probably not that guy. You, whoever you yeah. are that's listening that like, thinks you are that. Please just don't <laughs> think that you're that guy. Like, yes. I, I wholeheartedly agree. If you want to find out if you're that guy, go, go to a gym an and MMA find class out. Yeah. and find out. And you'll and probably I, find out pretty quickly that you're not. Yeah. Like, I'm going to say, oh, man, like, we're talking 99.9%. Right. <laughs> like, yes. I'm pretty sure that yes. isn't you. It wasn't me. I trained really hard to be as right. good as I am. Like I, I, I've been doing martial arts one degree to another. I, oh man, if I do the math, uh, you know, twenty five years. I first started right. doing karate and judo and shit when I was uh, when I was like four years old, and yeah, I wasn't like super dedicated my whole life. I didn't always train like full time but like I've been on and off doing martial arts for 25 years it's a pretty solid resume like, right it's a lot of know, time yeah that that pe- people forget it's yeah. like anything else it takes reps it takes time yeah. to get good at something and I, I'm literally the fact that I started so young my brain and my body are just wired to do it that's right. what that is the thing I understand that is the thing that I know how to do better than other stuff some people know how fucking cars work I don't right. know I know how human bodies move and how you can manipulate them and make them work the wrong way. Absolutely. And that's, you know, I was talking to uh, my wife about this the other day. I was telling her, I was, um, I was saying, you know, I feel like, because I've actually had this kind of this uh, conflict lately with myself where I'm going back to school in the summer, Mm -hmm. but it's because I've been getting a little bored with, um, with just training so Mm -hmm. much. And I don't know if it's because, you know, it's like. Since I was 15 now, I've just been exercising nonstop, and that might be mm-hmm. why I'm doing this marathon, and I'm kind of venturing just out and doing these up, other, yeah. just switching yeah. it up. Um, but I do find myself growing bored of the constant trying to push myself further, further physically. Mm-hmm. I need some other kind of stimulation, right? Because I, what I told her, I was like, I feel like almost not to sound, you know, uh, egotistical in any way. Um, but I feel like it's almost like I've reached that level now where I feel like I'm like a black belt in exercise. Like right, I right, feel right, like right. I've for gotten sure, really sure. good at exercise. You definitely and now, are, dude. Uh, yeah. And now it's like because I've always been a gym rat. Yeah. Um, you never had to like talk. Like sometimes Keith would have to wake me up to come and train martial <laughs> arts, but you'd never have to wake me up to go train at the yeah. gym. I would just go. Um, but now it's to that point where it's like uh, you know I just need some some other kind of uh, stimulation sure. mentally. I guess you could say. You know what uh, I, I I've I've been experiencing a lot of that same thing. I think uh, it probably has something to do with like my age uh, and like the the amount of things that I ventured off into and and hobbied with in my life. Um, I I hit this point recently where I was just like man like. I still want to train. I still want to fight. I want to do all that stuff, but I'm kind of like bored with myself. I kind of right. feel like I am an incomplete human being in a lot of ways. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, and I wanted to start like learning music, learning, uh, you know, like art things right. that things that are going to really like stimulate me as a as a person. I kind of am on my like. Uh, on on my on my self improvement year, right? No, no, you know, it's so funny, and I think it, I think maybe it does have something to do with age because I started feeling the same thing, the exact same thing. Like I'm almost fucking thirty now, and I don't know how to play a musical instrument. I I think (laughs) think that is part of it. I think it is the the inevitability of 
getting closer to that 30 you know yeah. 30 year mark because i was telling ariana the same thing you know i just uh i you just get you feel like you want something new you mm -hmm. know and then i guess once you start to get closer to 30 you start to think to yourself well there's only so much time mm -hmm. you know i'm not a kid anymore right and right especially with us i you know i start thinking about well what if you know she wants to have kids in a few years and i don't have time for these kinds right, of things right. and it's like i feel like if, if if i'm gonna start doing some of these other things now is the time yeah you know? like I, so. I i i hate to sound like i'm uh like i'm i don't know being like a bitch about my life i've lived a pretty interesting life i've done a lot of cool shit in right my, in my day like i'm not I'm very proud of the the human being that I've I've become, but I um, yeah, I just feel like there's a lot that I I I haven't gotten into, like things that would enhance my my world, my existence, like learning another language. Right. I only speak English. I feel like there's a whole <clears throat> I feel like there's a whole uh, universe out there that you're not experiencing because I had this conversation with this dude. Uh, I was I was Uber driving. And he was like this uh this french dude who he speaks like five languages and um he was just saying how like he's like yeah man like learning a language it's not like saying this word means this word or this word means this word this is how people talk it's just how right. they communicate this is how it's it's a whole different way of thinking right and i just thought about that i was like there are there are dimensions of thought that i'm that i'm just leaving out of my life because I only speak one language. Right. Like, yeah. and, I, and it's the same with, like, music. Like, look at the way somebody plays a guitar. Uh, look at the way somebody who plays a guitar listens to guitar. They understand what that person's doing. Right. They understand, they understand what, yeah, on a different level. The, yeah, the complexity of it. They, yeah. they understand. And they're, that, that is a type of communication between that person and that person that they have. Because, yeah. they, because they both play that instrument. Yeah, right. it's those are dimensions of thought. Well, that, and that and that's like, kind of it, it's kind of the um, it's almost kind of the sacrifice you make in a way when you choose to um, really like go for a goal and specialize in something, you know? Right. Because that that's probably maybe that's exactly why I'm feeling the same way that I'm feeling is because I've taken all this time to like specialize and exercise and dedicate all my time mm -hmm. and energy to that, just like you did with fighting, and it's almost like you feel like by doing so these other things kind of get lost in the right. in the shuffle other interests that you sure, have in, sure you know um and yeah that that's that's exactly i think that's exactly right it's just it's something that um you 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 focused on one thing for so long and you get to this this benchmark of being almost 30 and you go oh fuck me i gotta learn yeah. some other shit it creeps up on you pretty <laughs> yeah quick. yeah uh um, and also, like my coach talks about it a lot. How um, the the samurai would uh, would practice. I think I think he was talking about it from like Book of Five Rings or something. How the samurai would practice uh, a soft art, right? Like they would have like everyone. Yes, they, would they always like, balance it out yeah, with they, a uh, yeah. I, I they, have heard that. Yeah, they would they would always keep a balance because they would practice their violent art and then they would practice a soft art, like right? Painting or I, have you heard, have or, you ever heard like Paul Check before? No. He's a um, he's this really uh, interesting uh, uh, God. What would you even call him? I was gonna say a trainer, but he's more like a like a guru. Um, hmm. But he's been around for years, and he's based out I of. I think uh, we're getting a little he's, sound quality. He's based out of uh, San Diego, California. <laughs> um, but he's this really interesting guy, and he talks about a lot that uh, about that a lot. He talks about kind of the yin and the yang, and 
he talks about how um, you know you can't just redline it all year round. Like, and he if he he's talking about um, in regards to like you know exercise and stuff like that, obviously. But he talks about how you need that balance of the yin and the yang, and about how you can't just redline it year round. You need to um, he what he would describe it as is you need to stimulate almost like the uh, the feminine side of your personality mm-hmm. as well. I like you need like, to practice yeah. a softer side. I feel like um, I have heard that because like you're you're using keywords like redline and and losing the feminine right. side. And yeah, like, those he, are things that are something's clicking in my head here. Like, yeah, I feel and, like it, well, and he's got before. this whole system. It's called the um, you can get like it's called the Check Institute or something like that. But um, checking the uh, cash. That's, that's <laughs> the cash. The check actually the cash. He's the CEO of checking the cash. <laughs> he's, uh, uh, but he's got he's got the check into cash <laughs> fortune. He, he's got some interesting philosophies, and then there's another guy who's a uh, famous like uh, trainer to the a lot of uh, Olympians. His name's Charles Poliquin, and uh, mm. he they call him the Strength Sensei, and uh, he's been training Olympians since like the 1980s, I think, and. Uh, He's got this really interesting thing that he recommends where he every year he'll learn a new skill um, and he says that the, the, the idea behind that is not only does it help you live a more fulfilled you know enriched life um, but it also he says it's one of the keys to uh, aging less rapidly mm-hmm. because every time you learn a new skill you're firing these new um, uh, synopsis yeah. neurons in your brain and you're making new connections um, so that's one of his so keys it, so to it, aging better. Oh, that's a really good point. It keeps your brain alive because right. you're functioning your brain. Yeah, you're like, I heard someone um, describing what what neurogenesis actually is and how um, you're you're creating um, new connections in your brain. That's right. essentially what learning something, learning things, is essentially neurogenesis. You're creating new new uh neurological connections in your brain so that makes sense that it keeps your brain healthy to learn new things and i've noticed that when i go through these fucking pity party fucking periods of time in my life when i'm just like not doing anything and i'm i'm fucking off and i'm eating shitty and i'm not really like engaging my mind uh my mind will wither away I'll get right. like I'll get dumber. I'll get less active. It'll right. my mind will atrophy the way that my muscles will. It has a cascading effect yeah. on like everything. Yeah, it does. Yeah, because and, and, I've noticed the same thing where I'll, um, you know, like I'll I'll even uh, like even if I if I if I notice that I'm if I'm kind of fucking off a little bit, I'll even even the content that I take in is like less quality. Like mm-hmm. I'll just spend more time sure, watching no, random yeah. YouTube videos right, right, right. and stupid shit I, as opposed to like actually reading something or I know exactly what you mean. Cause I'll, I'll just sit there and I'll fucking like put a movie on. I've seen a hundred times and I'll just right. be like zoned out. Like, like yeah. Uh, like, yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. I, I need to pay attention to this. <laughs> well, I, could, I could play this in my fucking head. Right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> and don't get me wrong. I do think that sometimes you need those moments to like decompress a little and, but yeah, it does. It does get to a point where if you're not, um, if you're not like being productive enough and do, you know, it's just you need new Those, shit. It's it's kind of like uh, it's it's like having a drink. I think occasionally it's good for you. Right. I think occasionally you need to you need to be a maniac. I I think that's part of. Uh, I think that's that, that's ingrained in me. But you like everything else. You need a balance, and you need it, it can be addicting. You right. need to stop it yeah. before it takes too much of a hold of you. You need to, right. you need to like um, splurge and enjoy yourself. You know, have those like 
hangover days where you're just like, I am not doing shit. I'm just going to watch the same garbage on YouTube or, right. you know, whatever. And then, you know, I'm going to go to sleep fat and happy. And then you need to get up and fucking do something with your life the next day. Though. Yeah. <laughs> like, Yes, absolutely. It's really easy not to. It's really easy to just be like, yeah, that was so nice yesterday. I think I'm going to do it again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. Let me use a bathroom real quick. All right. Looks like uh, we're about an hour and ten minutes in. Matt Lovato is taking the first bathroom break of the session, and uh, I'm left alone here on that relatively sour note to uh, keep you guys keep you guys entertained. Uh, sounds to me like it's been going pretty well so far. I actually uh, I'm enjoying this a lot. I'd like to do this more often, but we get some feedback. From you guys, uh, I'm sure we'll be having this posted on social media mostly. A lot of friends and family will be will be listening in on this. I hope to hear what you guys have to say. Uh, we're touching on uh, a lot of um, a lot of media stuff and a lot of um, a lot of fight related things. I know we've been going that direction a lot, but I think we'll uh, we'll, we'll route away from that. I think we're going to get back into some uh, some more um, probably media things. Like we, me, and, me and Matt are big big movie buffs, big like comic book buffs. Actually, uh, you know what I I, I read recently, um, which was goddamn amazing. Uh, I I got a Injustice Year One. I, okay, yeah, I've never read any of the Injustice stuff, but I've heard like a lot of it, really it's good, so good things dude, about man. it. Like, um, I, I know, like, I'm gonna say this because uh, you, if you know what it is, you should already fucking know this. Uh, Superman just fucking kills everything. Right, like yeah. Superman yeah. goes on a fucking tirade. Yeah. It's awesome, dude. I wish I brought. I should have brought it. I was thinking about it. I I want to do uh, let you borrow it and check well, it out, dude. While like, we're on the the topic of DC Comics, uh, did you see Justice League? Of course I did, dude. What, like, do you, I want, what are your opinions on it? Wasn't as bad as I thought it was gonna be. Uh, wasn't great. Uh, I love, I love Jason Momoa as Aqu- Aquaman. I think he was probably like the best part. Uh, and that, that, and uh, uh, Wonder Woman, Gal, Gal Gadot, Gal yeah. Gadot, however you pronounce her yeah. name. I have no idea. She, uh, she's a good Wonder Woman. She's, for sure. she's good. She's probably the most attractive human being in, in the world <laughs> she looks like, like an alien yeah, like she, she's not even like she, she's like a real life version of one of yeah. the avatars or yeah from avatar yeah. from avatar she's <laughs> one of the she's one of the uh what are they called navi the navi no, yeah yeah so yeah she's like one of those and um like but i heard she's like uh like like she's like an israeli uh military she, yes like she was yeah. like a legit she was like, yeah yeah so she is um they were like mad about her her doing movies and getting like famous in america right. <laughs> like i don't i don't know how that works but she, like, well so here's how i feel about justice league i went to go see it with ariana i i had some issues with it now yeah. i do agree i, I kind of liked uh, jason momoa's aquaman that was good i did i did like gal gadot's wonder woman Oh, um, I also before we get carried away, into yeah, that, I yeah. thought uh, I thought they did pretty good with Cyborg. How he was very like angsty, like that. That's a uh, they he, like I I remember that 
him being more uh, like shitty about it because he basically lost his whole fucking body. Yeah, like, if you really think about the cyborg character, uh, that would be like the saddest thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> just like, uh, you're just made of metal. Like, do you like, even get pleasure yeah, out of anything anymore? Right? Like, what the fuck happens there? <laughs> Your fucking um, whole body is gone. So that, to me, that character is just that's a weird character. Yeah, no, it's no, like, it's like, but don't I? I feel like I remember from uh, from comics and. And like older cartoons and renditions of him, that he was very angsty like that. He was yeah. very like mad at everybody about being in that shitty right. fucking position. He's, it's almost like a version of uh, like Ben Grimm, the thing from uh, Fantastic yeah. Four, yeah. how he was always super fucking sad that he was or, made out of rock. Yeah, or like uh, or like Iceman from the original uh, X Men comics, right. how his whole body was made of ice because he right. fucking lost all of his body parts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In, uh, in like fights and stuff and he's just pissed at everybody because yeah. he's like yeah this is great I'm fucking I'm literally an ice That's man <laughs> he probably gets no action because the girls are just like ew you're cold get away yeah it's um, fucking ice stick sticking in there <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's like, like it's a, literally just like an icicle dude, it's like a, like a tongue people. on a flagpole thing it just sticks <laughs> like ah <laughs> can you imagine dude. ice man's penis is like the scene from a Christmas story. <laughs> <laughs> the girl's vaginal lips are just getting yeah. stuck to his icicle. Dude, penis. that's awful. But yeah, that's uh, exactly what would be happening. It'd well, be so gruesome. <laughs> so, um, the movie itself... pour like hot water in there, but that would melt his dick. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to have Human Torch on standby every time he has sex. <laughs> um, so, the movie, I my biggest issues with it were I felt like it was incredibly inconsistent like as far as tone like it was yes. like it yes. did not this movie did not know what it was meant to be and you could it was very clear that it was made by two different directors because mm-hmm. they started with Zack Snyder he mm-hmm. got fired and then they had Joss Whedon from uh, fucking The Avengers come in did that happen? I didn't know that that yeah. was what they did uh, it they was, started yeah, yeah, what, they claimed, yeah. what they claimed was that uh, Zach and I think this is true actually. I think Zach they they claimed that Zack Snyder left for personal reasons, and I guess it's really really sad actually. But I guess his daughter um, had committed suicide in the last few mm-hmm. years, so I think yeah, that's yeah, obviously I, I super need to sad. Pay more attention to like what's um, actually going on in the world with shit like that. Like so, <laughs> I've got my little so, comment, but I didn't know any of that. <laughs> so, yeah, so. He started out, and then they had Joss Whedon come in, and he kind of, if, if you guys aren't familiar with Joss Whedon, which I don't know who wouldn't be at this point, he directed the Avengers and, you know, all that and shit. And Firefly. And Firefly. Which was a really, he, really underrated show because it was on the fucking sci-fi, sci-fi. channel. Yeah. It was a great show. So, like, which, Joss Whedon kind of has this unique blend of humor with action, and um, he's very, almost kind of meta, where the characters are very self-aware. So that's there was a lot more humor in Justice League than there was in mm-hmm. Batman versus Superman or some of the other DC movies. Um, but the problem with that is is that you felt like you were literally watching two different movies kind of juxtaposed together. I guess that would would I, I I didn't really notice that until you pointed it out right now. But as I'm reviewing it in my head, I'm, there's a pretty distinct like splice there's a point right. where like the it becomes a little bit more well a lot more like lighthearted, a lot more yeah. humorous a lot more of that like you said but the whole uh self-aware characters the very beginning of the movie has a strongly Zack snyder tone yes. where batman comes out and he's jumping from the rooftops right. i thought 
That was so cool. Yeah. The way that scene was, I just felt like Batman ended up becoming so underutilized in the movie. He, he was, and it's that's that's the funny thing about it too is that uh, the uh, in both of those movies, in Batman versus Superman, and in uh, this one, it's 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 weird because as a as a oh, comic dude, book I'm fan, up everywhere, super bad today. Sorry. It's hangover I, shit. As a comic book fan, you're very satisfied with it in a, in the sense that it's the most batman you've really ever seen on screen as far as like being true to the comic book i mean that's like a batman's batman you know yeah. like christian uh bale the christopher nolan batman that was kind of like a oh a, a kind of like a hybrid because they did this kind of almost like real world type twist yeah, on it yeah. and don't get me wrong i love that batman that's probably my favorite th- those are probably my favorite batman movies that whole trilogy mm-hmm. but um but this was like the comic book batman come to life um, but well, yeah, they, this is like a comic book Batman. Right. This yeah. is more like the. Um, this is a lot like the. Uh, um, Dark Knight Returns. Batman, yeah, yeah, uh, a little bit, like, and it where he's kind of older, he's real big, and yes. bulky. And However, he's... but here's where they missed the mark for me, though. Okay. Is they took Batman. Now they did in indefinitely in a Batman versus Superman. I caught that vibe, kind of the Dark Knight Returns Batman. However, in this one, they tried to turn him into like a Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man. I felt like they gave him a lot more comedy material. Mm-hmm. They almost like when you got to the big fight scenes and stuff like that. They'd almost kind of reduced Batman into like a joke. Like he was yeah, not no, even no. effective. He was, he was not really know? useful. He, when, nothing, right. he, nothing he did had any any place. Like Batman's whole deal is like I like the cartoon Batman's the most. I always like seem to gravitate towards those. Batman is just super gangster because he is the contingency plan. Right. Everything yeah. goes wrong. He's the one you Batman count on. Batman knows what's up. Right. And Whereas, like, yes, because he's the smartest yeah. one. Whereas with this one, it was like the opposite. It was like Batman would set a plan. That plan and it would, would backfire. Fail, which is everybody actually, else would have to fix it. That's that's a really good point that you brought it up that he they kind of made him like the Tony Stark of this because that is Tony Stark's legacy from the comics. Is right. He has his great suit and everything, but basically every plan he sets fails yeah he's like, like a perennial yeah. fuck up yeah. yeah he's like he's the biggest he's an alcoholic genius. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, a, he's this great dude who has all this fucking great shit going for him but he always the plan never works the right. way it's supposed to and yes. that's kind of what they did to batman in this this movie that's a really good point like yeah. they made that connection he um, and uh so yeah that and uh the I didn't have a I uh, online there was a lot of people who had issues with like the villain of the movie steppenwolf um, I didn't think I, it was. I didn't have any big issues I, with that. I just didn't okay. like how how CGI he was. I yeah, actually liked major, his character. I thought he was really funny. Like how he's like he's like torturing the people. They're like, uh, they're like, please, we have children. He's like, why do people keep telling me that? <laughs> <laughs> so now there was one major scene in the movie that really had me scratching my head, and I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Mm-hmm. It was the scene where. Uh, and spoiler alert for those of you that haven't seen it. Uh, if you it, haven't seen it by now, go fuck yourself. Yeah, but. you shouldn't even be listening to this anyway. <laughs> uh, it was the scene where I think it was Aquaman, or was no, it was Cyborg and Flash, and then they go up, they go and they dig up They're Superman. Up Superman. Okay, yeah, yeah. they dig up Superman's corpse, uh-huh. and then they take it to the uh, they take Kryptonian, it to the, the Kryptonian vessel. Vessel. Uh huh. From General Zod, and then they like reanimate him basically, like they bring him back to life inside they use the vessel. The, they use the mother box, right? To... Now I don't know what it was for me, but just the visual 
of these two characters digging up Superman's dead body and then taking his corpse to this vessel, I was like, what, am I in the Twilight Zone? Yeah, what, what the hell am I watching? What is going on here? <laughs> that was just crazy to me. Uh, I can and, see that. Yeah. And now, in a way, in a way, it was the truest comic book moment in the movie. Because comic books are full of batshit crazy, yeah, insane moments well, like that. They're full of really, really dark things right. like that. Yes. Like that would yes. have been they, they tried to add a lot of humor to that. There was yeah. a lot of like jokes being cracked back and forth. Wasn't crazy about the flash. I thought they couldn't figure out if they wanted him to be funny or not. And like I it, it, just it, didn't, well, it, it didn't land for me. Yeah, well, like, and <laughs> after I always whenever I go to see these movies, I'll always end up going to go see him with Ariana. And I always will kind of look for her feedback because she's not really like a huge comic book fan mm-hmm. like me. So, of course, I go into it like guns blazing, like right, ready, right, right. Just Very to, critical. Re- yeah, ready critical. to pick apart any little thing. Uh, I just can't help it. But with her, I always am just curious to hear her opinion from an outsider's perspective, right. a non-objective kind of analyzation of it. And she said the exact same thing. She was like, yeah, I didn't really like the Flash character because it felt like they were trying way too hard to make him funny. Yeah. And And when you try too hard to make somebody funny, it's not funny. Yeah. They have to be effortlessly kind of just, that's what the character is, you know? I I did like, um, even though this was uh, a really obvious joke and everything, it, it still just made me laugh. I think it's just the way he says it is when he's like, what's your superpower? And he's like, I'm rich. <laughs> I did like that line. That was a perfect line. Yeah. No, that was a beautiful line because it's it, like, that is Batman's superpower. Yeah. Batman is rich as fuck. Like, yeah. that's his superpower. Because he kind of says it like real, like grumbly, he's like, I'm rich. Yeah, you know, and that's another thing, actually. People were giving Ben Affleck a lot of shit online for, like, I actually don't dislike Ben Affleck as Batman. Um, I think we could have done better. I think, yes, yeah, I, I, I agree. I, 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 I agree with that 100%. I think he could have done better, but I don't hate him as Batman. I think that um, for certain scenarios, like for that line in particular, mm-hmm. I think for certain scenarios he's perfect, and then for other ones, not so much. Mm-hmm. I would have went with, like, I remember when they were first casting that role, they were looking at, uh, they were looking at like, Josh Brolin. That would have been a really good option, I think, maybe. For, for like an older Batman, yeah. Like, for an older I think Batman, that's accept- I, I maybe can't a little really too old. See Josh Brolin being Batman, maybe a little too old. That. Yeah. Um, uh, another one they were looking at, I think, was John Hamm. Now, I the, the guy from Mad Men. Oh yeah, main uh, dude. That's interesting. Now that's but, an interesting one. Now I don't have any big issues with that except for one. Last night we were at my brother-in-law's house and we were watching that movie Bridesmaids. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene in that movie where John Hamm is uh, having sex with Kristen Wiig's character and they're laying in bed together. John Hamm has T-Rex arms. His <laughs> arms are so goddamn skinny. I'm serious, man. He's, he's got like, like real short. They're short and they're skinny. Like he he looks like you took a regular sized like dude and then you gave him like a five-year-old's arms. I never knew that. And I've you never know what? That about John I've Hamm. never been one. I've always just kind of figured, you know what? Hey, if the guy doesn't yeah. got the physique to play Batman, they'll beef him up a little. They'll probably throw on him uh, on a cycle. Probably give him some, some arm steroids. extensions or something. So, yeah, they'll, they'll get a really <laughs> good trainer they'll put in these there. Gloves on him that go like way right. <laughs> but <laughs> however, claws for the fingers. John Ham's arms appeared to me to be so freakishly short and odd looking that. Those cannot be Batman's arms. They no. just can't. There's no amount of beefing you can do that can make me believe oh, that those God. arms are the arms of a man who's going to go in there and kick somebody's ass. <laughs> so that ruled him out for me. His How little about, T-Rex here's, arm. Here's one that I'm really interested in. I was looking at a thread for um, 
who they're gonna have play Adam Warlock in the next. Ah, because you know they have the um, they have the uh, what's it called the those elite people. I can't remember what the fuck. Like the Kree. Not the Kree, the Golden People. The oh um, yeah 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 the ones from the Guardians yeah, of the they're, Galaxy. They're, yeah, they're um, the last Guardians of the Galaxy movie. They they showed in the credits. They right. The Adam Warlock. Yeah, and she's like, I shall call like, him Adam. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, there's a lot of debate over who is going to play him. And I saw one of them. It's like Zac Efron. I was like, it looks exactly like him. I think that would be fucking he perfect. Be good, he could like, be a good. Now let me throw one out yeah, there. Kind of an oddball. Yeah. If I'm just going off of Adam Warlock's look from the comic books. Let's give him some Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, but Matthew he's McConaughey... He's got those golden locks. Sure, sure, sure. Matthew <laughs> McConaughey in, like, 1995. But like right, he's Matthew a little too old now. He, also, he's been falling apart ever since... He uh, has. Ever since Dallas, Dallas Buyers. Yeah, I was going to say, like, ever since Dallas Buyers. He still a great himself. character, great... You know, yeah, he he looks exactly right for yeah. Adam Warlock. He even kind of has, like, the same facial features. That's like. what I mean. Like, he looks like a human version, just a golden, beautiful yeah. man. Yeah, if he just had that body still yeah. from, like... Uh, They'd have to beef him up for yeah. sure... Um, they could uh, imagine how funny it would be, just like him, like <laughs> y'all are the Guardians of the Galaxy. Say, man, you guys got the that Infinity Stone, man. <laughs> hey, man, we gotta kill Thanos, man. <laughs> See, Mexican. That name sounds Mexican. Say, man, you Star Lar. Yeah, have you? Dude. Have you? Speaking of which, wait a minute. I, I made. I wanted to make it a point to bring this up. Have you heard the Matthew McConaughey Carl's Jr. commercial on the radio? <laughs> oh my fucking god. If you guys haven't heard the Matthew McConaughey Carl's Jr. commercial on the radio, he's promoting like a burger. I don't remember which one it is. Um, but he's like, We're talking about the 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 big juicy, ever so savory. Like he he gives the most ridiculous like I almost want to pull juicy. I almost want to so let me let me see if I could find will this, this. Will this get us uh, demonetized if we if we actually monetize I, this? I don't playing this. I don't think so. I know because uh, it's a commercial. It's a no. It's a it's, it's a radio. Ad, yeah, it's though. a radio ad. It's so it's free advertisement. We'll we're, we're probably good. Uh, but In fact, it, we should get monetized for putting this on exactly. Um, but it's it's the most ridiculous. And if it's not, I haven't <laughs> I haven't uh, fact checked to see for sure if it is Matthew McConaughey. Um, how about you know what it is making me like think him. of is okay those... wait wait here it is right. here it is it, this this is hilarious to me I don't know why I can't wait <laughs> it's time to answer the call the oozing drips and the smacking lips snizzle fizzle Biggity wiggity buck wild beef busting straight out of the gate showing his teeth like a flavor stampede with the Western bacon cheeseburger. That's the call of Carl's. Pick up. I can't hang. See, I wish so great, I right? wish Matthew McConaughey could just promote everything. Have you uh, have you heard those Del Taco commercials on the radio where that guy sounds like he's dying? He's like Del Taco. <laughs> I, I don't think I have With the bucking under me. <laughs> it's like he's supposed to. be Oh, this, he kind of sounds like a like, like a grizzled like cowboy. Yeah, he's supposed yeah. to be like he's supposed I to have, have this that. like real grizzled cowboy yeah. sound, but it's gone so far off the deep end that it sounds like. <laughs> His throat has been cut, and he's just <laughs> trying to get this last commercial out before he dies. Uh, <laughs> he has a heart attack as he's trying to. 
yeah, I mean, someone representing uh, Del Taco as a as a career. I mean, yeah, they're probably not. They got one foot in the grave as it is. I like, feel like more actors are doing that now. They're yeah, just yeah. kind of branching out and being like, "Hey, man, it's a paycheck. Yeah, Fuck for sure. It. I may as well." This guy's living off bucking under menu items. <laughs> it's like he's not long for this world. Speaking of which, my taste. I got to admit, since I quit drinking. Uh, my taste for fast food has just completely like gone out the window, bro. Dude, I I only eat fast food for convenience, like, and that's if and when I do eat it, like, right? Like I I, I had a couple uh, I I had a couple Carl's Jr. stops on the way here just because you know, I was if, like, okay, you know, now that's a good point because if I am gonna have fast food, it would probably be like if I was gonna get a burger from somewhere, it would probably be Carl's Jr. Carl's Jr. is my favorite fast yeah. food place, if anywhere. They're like, not too bad. Um, I tried to eat Jack in the Box like a year ago. It's mega scum, dude. It's it was the worst. so gross. <laughs> Which is the weirdest thing because like, when I was drunk, that would be like the first thing I craved every sure, time. Sure, because it's the only thing that's fucking open. <laughs> yeah. I think it was almost though, it was like this weird kind of drunk nostalgia. Yeah. Where like, you know, I remember being like a 14 year old and just craving like a pair of big cheeseburgers and uh-huh. like some potato wedges or whatever. Dude, and, I, I'm about that Western bacon cheeseburger all the time. But the day, Western though, bacon like is, that. yeah. It's just got all the things I need. It's yeah. Got, it's got that. Uh, it's loaded up. Yeah. It's got the cheese. It's got the onion rings. We should be getting paid for this. <laughs> this is just totally morphed. This is actually um, turned this into, is morphed into a fast food podcast. Dude, We're this is what. We're just reviewing fast food. This is what Matthew McConaughey does to me. It's like, <laughs> it's like if we watch that, uh, that, that seen on um on uh fucking wolf of wall street i'll just be trying to sell all you people coke right now (laughs) have you ever heard that he that little song that he does in wolf of wall street he made that up like that was his what they said what i read online was that uh when he does that and he starts beating his chest they said that that song uh Scorsese asked Matthew McConaughey to do it because that's what Matthew McConaughey would actually hum before his scenes to get pumped up for his scene. Really? That's yeah. cool. So that was actually his weird well, little song. I heard, I heard nearly everything about that movie was uh, improv- improvisational. Yeah. yeah. Like it, it wasn't, it was, it was following like a, like a general outline, but they basically shot all the scenes like, Hey, just do the worst shit that you can do. Right. Do everything like be the gnarliest, most, fucking dog shit people that you can be and well what's really interesting about a movie like that um is that and i was kind of touched on this when i i was i did a review the other day of uh this 1999 through the year 2000 tv series called shasta mcnasty i saw that and okay. i I'd, I'd never watched that before it, but... it's absolutely horrible <laughs> I, made it through. I didn't even i i said i reviewed the whole series uh, i reviewed four episodes yeah, well, that's, that's about what, as far as I could that, get, but um, I'm sure that's it, all you need. It made like me. That. I, I wrote this in the review. It made me realize just how much the times have changed in the last like 18 years since that show came out, and even in the short time since when did Wolf of Wall Street come out? Like 2012 or 11 or something like that. Whenever, but um, just like that brand of humor that used to exist is kind of gone. Like you can't really that it's everything is so politically correct now you can't really do the same type of humor like so like the, oh yeah, yeah. no this, I, w- I was watching something uh, from oh, shit what was it that like I, I caught like a racist statement on a on a movie 
Right. Well, when you see it all the time. That was like the 90s. And I was just like, I was like, shit, you just couldn't say that. Right. And you see it all the time in these in these uh, older movies. Yeah. Where it's just, it's very subtly. It could be like a PG or a PG-13 movie. Yeah, it was not like a big deal. It was like, well, and and you know what I noticed about it? I was like, oh, that's a white guy saying that. He can't. Right. Like, (laughs) they couldn't do that today. And you're so, yeah. And that's, that was the weird thing about this Shasta McNasty show is that each episode was pretty much dedicated to being like as politically incorrect as possible so they had one episode where the whole premise of the episode was um jake Busey's character he uh hadn't had sex in a while so they were like trying to get him a woman and they were like yeah you should just date fat chicks because everybody knows fat chicks are easy they have low self-confidence so the entire (laughs) episode is just dedicated to them like fat shaming this girl and then Jake Busey helps her start exercising, but she starts to lose weight really fast, and he's worried that she'll get She's too much confidence confident, and leave yeah. him. So then he starts replacing her slim fast shakes with yoo-hoos. And That's amazing. He starts <laughs> he, he replaces her uh, her like non-fat frozen yogurt with like Dryer's ice cream or something. Uh-huh. There was another episode where it's just dedicated to them like making fun of Vern Troyer is in it, Mini Me from mm-hmm. Austin Powers. Yeah. And uh, they're just cracking jokes at his expense the entire episode. Like it's when, just what was the dating on this uh, on this show? Like what, what was it like? Early two like thousand? Uh, yeah, was it, it was. Like, it ran for one season from nineteen ninety nine into the year two thousand. It's like a perfect time, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and it's it kind of it's weird because it made me. Was it, it was it? How was the studio quality of it? Was it like just super uh, shitty? It, or no, was it no, like, it was pretty like, decent. Like, it was standard. It was a uh, it was pretty standard like nineties sitcom studio level. Like really? they, you can tell they put it. It wasn't a laugh track sitcom, um, but it had a similar format to like a sitcom. Okay, they put some money into this show because I actually remember. Well, Jake uh, Busey during that time frame, like what was that? Was that that was around the same time like Tomcats came yeah, out? Tom, like, yeah, Tom or uh, yeah, Tomcats. Uh, like, you know that that was a, that was a theater. Release. Right, yeah, that was a theater Tom. release. Tomcats, and then he was in a uh, Starship Troopers. Um, yeah, Starship Troopers was my uh, was oh, my man. was I my love Starship I Troopers. Love <laughs> Starship Troopers. One of the most underrated. Uh, uh, well, my sci-fi it, movies. It, it it was the movie that my uh, film class teacher would reference to. Um, not to do with anything. Anything really? like if you do he this, hated it that much. so if you do this wrong, you know what you get? You get Starship Troopers. <laughs> Starship, that's that seems that was, odd to me though, because Starship Troopers was a very. But it was uh, intentionally made that way. Yeah, it was a very like, self-aware movie. Yeah. I mean, the guy who directed it, uh, Paul Verhoeven, he's the same guy who did RoboCop, I think, and he's kind of known it? for. Oh yeah, or, yeah. Or did it's he totally do, that same RoboCop I'll have to look style. It up. Yeah, um, that, I, I that, know for sure he did. Uh, he did actually. I don't know if it was RoboCop, but I know for sure he did uh, Total Recall as well, which mm-hmm. has a very similar kind of um, sci-fi, yeah. kind of self-aware. Um, but uh, yeah, he directs in that style on purpose. Um, yeah, and uh, he's he's actually a really funny guy. Like he, there was this, the, there's this thing. If you guys haven't seen it, it's this thing on YouTube. Um, and it's Paul Verhoeven and Arnold Schwarzenegger doing DVD commentary for Total Recall, um, and it's hilarious <laughs> because Arnold Schwarzenegger. If you, okay, first of what all, was, okay, my favorite line I have to throw out there from from Total Recall is what where he's like, what, what's the guy's name that he uh, that he he's he's supposed to be on the movie? He's like, okay, sorry, wait. Paul Verhoeven did do Starship Troopers and Total Recall, and he also did Showgirls. Really? Um, <laughs> so, but uh, what what was the line? What he's was like, he walks up and he's like, 
He sees all the security guards. He's like, I've got a plan. And he like walks up with a gun and he just goes. <laughs> he just shoots everybody. <laughs> <laughs> you thought this was the real blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. I Looking at each other, he's all, it is. And he just shoots <laughs> he's, No, he goes, you thought this was the real McQuaid. <laughs> That's what it is, yeah. McQuaid. So you thought this was the real McQuaid? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and he all, just kills oh, everybody. He's all, it is. <laughs> yeah, so, so uh, for those of you who don't know Paul Verhoeven, he's just a really ridiculous guy. And uh, paired with Arnold Schwarzenegger, this commentary is so funny. And there's a scene during the commentary where Arnold Schwarzenegger... There's a scene in Total Recall where the woman has like three breasts and uh, <laughs> Arnold, Schwarzenegger, Arsh- Arnold Schwarzenegger is talking about that scene and he goes, oh, and this right here, this is the woman, she had three breasts. I always thought that was so great, the way she had three breasts. <laughs> and like the way Arnold Schwarzenegger talks about everything is so like, uh, he just he's basically just repeating the movie to you. He's like, this is a scene right here where I beat up the three guys. Yes, I beat them up very good. You know, I beat them up bad. And then there's a really, really funny one where um, Arnold Schwarzenegger is fighting uh, Sharon Stone, his wife character in the movie. And she's like beating him up. So she punches Arnold Schwarzenegger. And then during the DVD commentary, Arnold Schwarzenegger goes, ow, that hurts. (laughs) And then they start, him and Paul Verhoeven start talking about Sharon Stone. Paul Verhoeven also directed Basic Instinct, the uh, famous movie where Sharon Stone Mm -hmm. shows a little leg leg cross. Yeah, the little leg cross Uh, and shows a little crotch shot. And Paul Verhoeven, uh, he directed that. uh, When, um, What's the uh, the Leslie Nielsen movie Loaded Weapon where it shows the girl doing that and then you just see it, it just t- uh, there's like a flash frame and it turns into just a beaver sitting there smoking a cigarette. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> it's like, yes. Uh, so there, there's a scene in uh, there's a scene in, in during this DVD commentary where they're talking about Paul Verhoeven and Arnold Schwarzenegger are talking about uh, Basic Instinct, which he directed like five years after Total Recall, and. Uh, uh, Arnold's like, uh, yes, you, di- you directed Sharon and uh, uh, Basic Instinct, right? And he's like, yeah, she didn't want to get nude in uh, Total Recall, so I think I, I got revenge for her, revenge for that when I filmed Basic Instinct. <laughs> so he's kind of like suggesting that he pressured her in into the, doing that scene, crotch, yeah. like guilted her into doing it because she didn't want to show any skin in Total mm-hmm. Recall. Um, but if you guys haven't heard that, look it up on YouTube. Paul Verhoeven, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Total Recall. DVD commentary. It's like the funniest thing ever. And then also look up Arnold Schwarzenegger Terminator 3 DVD, uh, Rise of the Machines DVD commentary, which is also like equally hilarious. Wait a minute. <laughs> Have you seen that? <laughs> no. Okay, so... So, wait a minute. So Arnold Schwarzenegger did commentary for... Yes, for, for Terminator Rise right. of the Machines. And oh, there's man. there's a part where he goes back to the breasts again. And you know the scene, and he's, he's still talking about breasts. He's still talking about breasts. Movie, movie and, to movie. And like. you know the scene in that in Terminator Three where um, it's when the the new cop, the the not the cop, the uh, I can't remember what she was, like the T two thousand or whatever. She's the updated Terminator model. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. She was the female I, Terminator. I, I remember. She was yeah. like, she was like, a, she was like, um, she wasn't like the the nanobots like the t1000 she no. was like uh she was she like, was like a, a mix of both again, but she had like the nanobots yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, she, so she didn't have the weakness of the nanobots no no and there was a yeah. scene there was a scene where she gets pulled over by a cop and she's like flat chested 
and she uses her Terminator powers to make her boobs bigger, and she gets herself out of her ticket. Yeah. And then Arnold Arnold goes, and you'll see this scene right here. This is where uh, you know she she takes the breasts and she makes them bigger. And I always thought this was a good scene, you know, because uh, some guys like little breasts, some guys like small breasts, and I think you know why can't you have both, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it was like it was like the perfect like to me that pretty much summed up. Arnold Schwarzenegger's philosophy on life. Yeah, right. In just I one mean, sentence. What, what else Why can't do you, you need? have both? Why can't you have both? Some guys like little breasts, some guys like big breasts. That's probably was his reasoning when he was having an affair on Maria Shriver with the nanny. Like, he was like, you know, I really like Maria, you know, she's a nice looking American white woman, you know, but I like Latin women as well. Why don't I can I just have sex with the nanny, yeah, you know? Like, Speaking of which, have you seen his son from that nanny? It looks like a like Brazilian Arnold Schwarzenegger. This kid I, looks ridiculous. I feel like I have. I can't remember. I need to check it out. He, like, that, that's a funny idea. He, his name is like Joseph, Joseph uh, Bron, Bronog or something like that. But he looks like a big giant. He's like the same height as Arnold Schwarzenegger, maybe taller. Except for, and he looks spitting image. Looks just like him, but he's got dark skin. Like he's, he's he looks like an awesome. Hispanic Arnold like, Schwarzenegger. Yeah. And they have all these uh, like videos and uh, and uh, pictures of him like working out with where, Arnold in the gym. Where the gym. fuck did that bucket come from, man? Has that always been there? I didn't know about that <laughs> thing until you just kicked it right now. There was a bucket that just got kicked. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, they have all these videos of Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, working out in the gym with his son, like working out at Gold's Gym, teaching him how to lift weights and stuff. It's awesome. Just his formerly little, illegitimate child. Yeah. But we're just going to accept that he exists now. <laughs> his, well, his, his Latin son. His Latin son. Oh, man. He just had a heart attack, Arnold Schwarzenegger did. Or he, no, he had an emergency heart surgery, they said. And then according to his agent, when he came out of surgery, the first thing he said was, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> Which I found kind of hard to believe. But then after you listen to the Arnold Schwarzenegger DVD commentary... I could very easily yeah. see him saying that. He's he's such a character, man. Like, he he might really be the guy from Last Action Hero. He, I think he that was, could be who he is. Yeah, he was like my fucking hero growing up. Dude, I loved fuck Arnold. Yeah, I I used to. I remember I would watch, and I would Dude. never. I would never want my real dad to hear this. Sorry, dad. <laughs> I would watch Terminator 2 and I would imagine in my head that I was Edward Furlong and he was like my dad. <laughs> like I loved Arnold Schwarzenegger Dude, so much. We we all like we grew up in a really interesting era for movies. Like we had I feel like we grew up in the action movie era. Like, yeah, totally. When, like it was like the golden age. It was like the golden age for action movies. Like nowadays we still we have better, I don't know, technology and we have better writing to make more serious action movies with, but we had this this frivolous, let loose style of action right. movies. Sylvester Stallone, right? Kurt Russell, and they were uh, in... fucking um, Nick Cage, yeah, Nicholas Cage. You ever seen Virtuosity? That shit was a real movie. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, movies back then were marketed differently. Like yeah. now, um, it's all about it's you're you're really marketing the like, title of the movie, the brand, sometimes mm -hmm. even the director. Right. Whereas back then, it was all about the actor. Right, you're right. gonna pay to go see the new Stallone movie yeah. or the new Tango and Cash, Dude, right? Like, and that shit wasn't it wasn't serious. We weren't expecting it to be serious. It was just like we're gonna see some action. Some mm -hmm. shit's gonna blow up. Some people are gonna fight. There's probably gonna be a prison break. This is gonna be fucking dope. Mm -hmm. And. Uh, 
I don't know. We don't we don't really get a lot of release for that kind of like mindless movie. Not with big actors anymore. No. Not with people who like you want to see in those movies. No. Well, this is like the superhero era now. Which you I'm know, cool it's with. Gear. Yeah, yeah, I'm totally I, fine yeah. with. This is I tell my wife all the it's, time. It's, I'm like, this is like like the the state of uh of action movies right now with it just being saturated with superhero movies like this was like my wet dream as a teenager. Yeah, like, for sure. Because I was sure. obsessed with all these characters, and I, I had my I, little account at, yeah. at the comic book shop that I would go in every mm-hmm. Wednesday and get my new comics. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, I, couldn't I, imagine. I, I, I still am like that. Like, I, I'm even even when I know they're gonna suck, even when I expect them to suck, I'm gonna watch every superhero movie. Same that here. Comes out. Yeah, like, I always watch it no anything. matter what. Yeah. Uh, I hear I hear some people talk about like I'm kind of over it. And I'm like I can see that. But I'm not. I'm not gonna well, be. No. <laughs> and, and here's the way I see it. The, I look for me. No matter how much I like the most superheroes to me or, or superhero movies are, they're kind of like like a just like a. It's like almost like I look at it like an amusement park ride. Like yeah. I, I don't really watch them on repeat that many times, mm-hmm. but I just love going to go see them right when they right. come out. And dude, that new Avengers Infinity War yeah. trailer, like. I got like tingles. Yeah, dude. I was so excited. Well, first of all, I'm so excited about that, but also, I've been wanting to bring this up for a while now, and I keep uh, I keep forgetting as my as my moment comes up. Is your dick as hard as mine for Tom Hardy <laughs> as, uh, as Venom? Like, yeah, that's dude. that's a pretty perfect. I don't like, think casting that, I don't right think there. that can fucking miss. No, that's dude, really good. Like that's it's really really good. And we'll see though, but because that I, one is not done by Marvel, that is a Fox movie, so it can't. There's a possibility it could oh, miss. But I didn't know that. Yeah, I but pay um, more attention to that. But it's Tom Hardy, dude. But I it mean, is Tom like, Hardy, yeah, miss. and I love Tom Hardy. Um, so um, that, that Avengers Infinity War trailer. How proud were you when you saw our th- our son taking the gauntlet? Taking the Infinity Gauntlet from Thanos, our son, Captain America. Oh yeah, holding it. Now, in case you guys don't little, know, little Matthew Catrone, Matthew Catrone, AKA the actor who plays Captain America, Chris Evans. Um, if you guys haven't seen it before, look him up. He looks like a perfect composite mix of me and Keith. Like. They the, created it's, him it's in a lab. Specifically, the 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 Gucci. <laughs> specifically, his like, his Gucci modeling ad. If you guys haven't seen it's it, it's like they spliced our faces together. The, yes, <laughs> yes, and they made just a perfect a human perfect being. Perfect specimen. <laughs> Matt Lovato's abs. And, you know, our our fused face. Yes, uh, it's a, it's it a sounds like a horrible amalgamation, <laughs> like some creature in a sci-fi movie. Like like the fly too or something. It's yeah. just gonna like yes. melt away and uh, <laughs> die in horrible pain. But it's actually quite beautiful. Speaking it's, of which, uh, the fly is such a fucked up movie. Which one? The fly one or two? I'm talking the about the fly, the one with Gold Bloom, like the oh, yeah. remake they did. I watched like, it for the first time. Fun. I always make it a point to Wait watch. I saw it when I was really young. Okay. And then I watched okay. it for the first time again on like Halloween last year. Super sad, fucked up movie. It like, is. It's br- almost, so brutal. Yeah, dude. It's almost not even like. It's almost not scary. It's just no. Fucked it's just sad, up, man. It's just really fucking sad. Like it's that that guy just he he was uh, you know on that that's how that's how you know the Brave New World, uh, New Frontiers, Crossing. Right. That shit can go wrong, man. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, I watched that movie, like I said, last Halloween I watched it. I was just kind of laying in bed watching it on my iPad with my headphones mm-hmm. in. And um, Ariana didn't know what I was watching. So I just finished it, and I just laid there for probably like a minute, and I didn't say anything. And I was like, 
that movie was fucked up. <laughs> That's poor, all I said. Poor Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> and I was like, she's like, what? And I was like, I don't even want to talk about it. You, you wouldn't even want to see it. <laughs> um, tell me, tell me we've seen The Fly too. I haven't seen it's, The Fly too. It's so good. You've got to watch Who's it. Who's in The Fly too? Playing. Uh, I can't remember his fucking name. Is that uh, he's kind of like that that red haired guy. He was pretty big in uh, in the nineties. Red haired guy, pretty big in the night. Eric Stoltz. Hold on, let me look him up. That could be it. Does he have red hair? Eric Stoltz. Um, he almost played Marty McFly. He, he, he honestly might not be. Uh, he might not even be red haired. I have this weird thing with my memory where I sometimes remember people with the wrong color hair. Mm. It's I don't so know. like categorize them. Yeah, like exactly. Like I try yeah. to categorize them, and I and I remember the wrong color hair. It's very strange, but it's a real thing. <laughs> There's probably like a condition for it and everything. <laughs> I'm gonna IMDb this real quick and find out who this guy is. Yeah, um, I, I um, I definitely want to see the fly too. Cause dude, I, really I like recommend it. One. It's really good. It's actually I'm not playing. It's uh, it's very. Uh, Eric Stoltz. Yeah, you're right. Let's Damn, I can't believe I got that. That was fucking. Great, <laughs> That's pretty dude. good. I'm huh? Really impressed. <laughs> yeah, I think he's. Uh, he's, he's like the only. Re- I think it's just because he's like the only kind of redheaded dude from the '90s it, that I could even think of. IMDb gave it a 4.9 out of 10. I'm. I'm not playing. It's better than that. Like mm-hmm. it's. But uh, it, like, go into it knowing what you're going into. You are going into the fly too. Right. It's gonna yeah. be kind of out there. It's too much, but it's very, very, very violent. It's mm. very intense. There's a lot of crazy shit that happens in that movie. And for somebody who has like a, a wide palette for, for movies, like enjoy a lot of different types of things, that, that movie's going to have something for you. I, 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 I assure you. Yeah, I'll check that out. Yeah. Uh, along that genre type of The Fly. It's, it's a gnarly, <laughs> gnarly movie. There's <laughs> uh, a lot of gene splicing. Gene splicing, like it's funny because it's one of those things where, like, anytime you see it in a movie, you're like, "Yep, this isn't gonna go well." So that ever seen a movie (laughs) where gene splicing goes well? It's never good. Uh, Leprechaun, Leprechaun Four in space. (laughs) He's like blending up spiders and he's like takes a big like like beaker. He's like DNA (laughs) pours the DNA. (laughs) You know what's funny too is. um, now they're actually gene splicing in real life, which is crazy. Sure, sure. Which, you know, I'm sure they're a lot more careful about than they were in The Fly 2. Yeah, in Leprechaun 4. <laughs> I, I was always personally, my favorite of all the Leprechauns was... Um, Back to the Hood? Probably Leprechaun Back to the Hood. I yeah. liked when he stabbed the dude with the bong. I always thought that was a really solid mm-hmm. scene. My, I think the scariest of all the Leprechauns was probably number two, though, where he's in Vegas. I think that was number two. Leprechaun in Las Vegas. Probably, I don't know. All I remember about that movie is there was a scene where he pogo sticks a guy to death, which I thought was a pretty creative uh, way to do it. And then uh, there was a scene where he took a magician and he cut him in half with a chainsaw, which I also thought was good. Mm. Yeah, that that's a. I think there's um there's an art to horror movies and slasher movies that I think a lot of people um they lose in the in the in the translation of viewing it. They just go, this is uh. This is like blood porn, you know, garbage. Right. It's just like blah blah blah. It's all washed out. But like when I watch horror movies, I really am legitimately looking for the creativity and the ways that they set up the kills, the ways that they make yeah, it scary. Absolutely, that's the uh, funnest part. There's there are details that you have to you you have to allow yourself to enjoy about it. I watched this one movie that had 
the best like make you jump scene terrible movie nothing else that that it had going for it but it had the best make you jump like shot uh that i've seen it was called like ghost month it was like a half american half japanese movie didn't make any fucking sense it was terrible <laughs> but there's this one scene where this girl's in a fucking library and somebody says something and she like turns around and there's this fucking ghost there it's like, and like <laughs> fucking made me fucking jump that shit was good yeah good Terrib- jump scare yeah. is like that's that's yeah there's nothing quite yeah. like that there's uh there's this movie called um there's this movie called uh frayed f-r-a-y-e-d and um there's a scene in the beginning where there's like a camera rolling and you're watching it from this like home camcorder and i don't remember it was a while since i've seen it but this kid like beats the shit out of his mom with a baseball bat just beats her to death has nothing to do with the rest of the movie that's absolutely it? terrible movie. <laughs> just a kid. Yeah. Wow. It's an absolutely terrible movie. Otherwise, it doesn't have anything like scary in it. But this is the most realistic beating I've ever seen on a movie with this guy. <laughs> this kid beats his mom to death with a baseball bat for the opening scene. And it's like, there's a fucking art to what they just did there. Because this is like, it, this isn't even a B class movie. This is like an F class movie. Right. Like, right. And this one scene is so goddamn realistic that it's like blowing my mind. I've watched like it one of those multiple ones. times. Well, sometimes you'll see it's, those scenes. It's not it's, pleasant to watch. That's what either. I was going like, to say. Sometimes you'll see those scenes in certain horror movies where, yeah, like it just churns your stomach. And yeah. You're like, oh, I don't know. This is like, fuck. Yeah. Um, but there's, but there, what, what I, my point is that there's an art to it. There's, like, right, there's something yeah. to be seen and appreciated about yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. Like, there, you know, have you ever seen... Um, I remember there was this really there's this movie we used to have it on VHS when I was a really little kid, um, and it was just it was I always thought it was really disturbing. It was called Mikey. Did you ever see Mikey? Mikey, I saw. It's Mikey. about this Which like it's about this like little like eight year old kid who goes on like a rampage and like kills his. Are you talking about Milo? No, Mikey. Okay, Milo's another one that's like okay. a little, little kid in a raincoat. Like. Okay, no, this is different because he doesn't wear a raincoat. He's just like this asshole little kid. Uh, his baby, I've, his I've, babysitter is like, or a, I can't remember if it was a babysitter or a sister, but she's like in the hot tub with her boyfriend, and he kills them by dropping a boombox in it. Yeah, <laughs> he, he just electrocutes a lot of people. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he tries to kill his mom with a slingshot or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like it's just a really horrible movie, and I guess they banned it in a bunch of other countries, uh-huh. and they rated it. I think they rated it X. Um, it actually starred the kid from uh, the kid from Blank Check. <laughs> it was that same kid. He was, he was Mikey, like, or yeah, he was yeah, Mikey. He was awesome. like maybe a year or two younger. Blank check. Um, which a really interesting. I don't know why this popped into my head. You remember the movie First Kid? Yeah, with uh, Sinbad. Yeah. Okay, the kid. How could I forget, dude. Yeah, so who's bad? Sinbad. Okay, Sinbad. So yeah. the kid uh, who stars in that movie. Every time I watch one of those obscure like '90s movies with a child actor, I always have to go and see like what is this kid up to now? You yeah, know? right, right, right. You gotta go check out what they're at. Yeah, in life. Turns out that that kid is like a multi fucking billionaire, and he's like the CEO of all these like tech, some kind of big like tech company. Uh huh. He's like a really big deal in the tech world. That's that kid. super funny, man. I just like, thought that was so random. But uh, it turns out that the kid from Blank Check and Mikey uh, ended up being a total shithead, and he got arrested a bunch of times, and like he's just not a good kid. So not, not I just thought it was guy. interesting how <laughs> they were two total opposite ends of the coin. Um, I, I I wanted to point this out because this is an interesting fact. Um, 
that that other movie Milo mm-hmm. that I brought up that's very similar to Mikey in a lot of ways uh, this shitty little like eight year old kid walking around killing everybody and like for some reason he stays a little kid over the years like like all the other kids in his class grow up and he's still like an eight year old murderer um, so that movie had um, what's her fucking name from, uh, from that 70s show uh, Laura Prepon Mila Kunis. Mila Kunis. So Mila Kunis is in that, and I'd like to point out how for a long time there was a there was a story going around that Mila Kunis was like from Russia, and she uh, didn't speak English, and she was learning English on the set of that '70s show. Do you remember when that? Yes, when yeah, were I remember that. that. She, I think she was on like Howard Stern, and she talked about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, on uh, this movie Milo, this was like 1990, and she was uh, speaking English. Speaking English as, a, as a little a, kid. What a weirdo! Uh, why would yeah, she why would she up? make that shit up? I for sure heard her on yeah, Howard Stern for say su- that. For sure, that story got out, and that huh. shit was being said, and that shit was a lie because she was there, little ten-year-old Mila Kunis. She's on oh, the credits. Really? And she's speaking English. That's really odd. Yeah. Huh. Maybe it was part of like a marketing scheme. Sure. Like... Sure. Why not? But that's like, it's a crazy thing to think. No one's going to catch that shit. Like yeah. that, that's, that's real as fuck right there. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's on her IMDb and everything, dude. You wow. can look it up. It's <laughs> very interesting. Yeah. I don't know where they get off like tell, making that story. <laughs> you lie to me about Mila Kunis' <laughs> yeah. background. Guess what? I know bags. all about it, Mila. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I hadn't anything. Shut up, Meg. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Yeah, but that was uh that that was very interesting to me. Um, terrible movie, unwatchable. Like, <laughs> like, I, absolutely, like I no redeeming qualities to, to the movie Milo aside from that interesting little piece of trivia. If you just want to see Mila Kunis uh, speak English at a young age, Milo's your movie. Yeah, Milo's your movie for that. Uh. So, <clears throat> I'm really interested in this whole uh, Matt Reviews Media thing that you got going on. I think that's very yeah. cool. I like that, uh, that 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 came out. Actually, like that was part of the reason uh, when I saw you doing that, that I wanted to get together to, to do a podcast. I thought um, it would be a very interesting thing to talk about. Because I think that's something that we both have in common. Is we have a, we have a, a very analytical viewpoint on, uh, on the yeah, media things definitely. that we, we watch. And yeah, well, I, I, I only, I really just started doing it because uh, every time, like, kind of like I said earlier, every time I would go to see a movie with my wife, I would, I think, pretty much just annoy the shit out of her because I would just be talking about it nonstop mm-hmm, and, like, mm-hmm. she would, like, not want to hear it. Right. So I was like, maybe if I just make a media page for this and like review it, uh, that'll kind of get it out of my system, it's a, it's and I a, won't bug her with it. Yeah, it's a perfect outlet. Uh, to, yeah, to, yeah, exactly. And it kind of forces me to. I feel like because how we were talking about earlier, how you can kind of go into that rabbit hole where you're just watching a bunch of stupid YouTube videos all day. If I have a media page where I need to review things, it'll force at least kind of force me to consume better quality product. I don't In think it way. forces you to consume better quality product, but it forces you to, to be engaged. Yeah, you, okay, that's a better way of yeah, putting it. Even, yeah, it forces me to engage yeah. a little more. So when you're you you can still watch that garbage, but you're right. engaging because you're you're taking it apart and you're looking at it. Right. And being like, All right yes, is... absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's definitely a big mm-hmm. part of it. And I when I first started doing it, I I didn't really know. I mean, I'm I'm only I've only been doing it for about like a month now, but um, I didn't really know like what I wanted to review or what I was going to review. And I was like, well, whatever, it's my page. I'll just review whatever I want. So I'll just do Fucking yeah, some comics like... and TV shows and whatever. Um, and then I kind of, um, 
as I've gone along, that's basically what I've done. I've reviewed some comic books, some graphic novels. I've reviewed some. Uh, I've reviewed kind of a mix of um, you know some some actual genuine movies that I like, like Oscar type movies. Mm-hmm, but then I'll mm-hmm. also do like really just stupid movies that from when I was younger. Oh yeah, that, you know, uh, I'll, I'll occasionally like I'll, I'll I'll like scope your page and I'll see some things. I'll see some random stuff. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, that, uh, that, that, cause, well yeah. it's, uh, that's always fun, too, yeah. like, when you, like, I always think it's really interesting. I was telling uh, I was telling this, I was talking to Capato the other day, and I was telling him how, so there's this movie I reviewed called Step Monster that's, like, super the obscure. Step Monster, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's, like, such like an that. obscure movie, and then he was like, damn, that's a, that's a deep cut right yeah. there. And I was like, I wish I would have included this in my review, but I didn't, but... What I told him, I was like, Step Monster is the type of movie that's so obscure that it feels like it was only released in your city, in your, your area code, like on your block. Like it wasn't <laughs> You're released the anywhere only else. person who ever yeah, saw it. Yeah. It was just released on your block specifically for you. Mm-hmm. Like nobody else saw it. Like that's, that's, that's always interesting to me. And it's what's interesting to me about those movies too is because they're not as mainstream and they're not in the, uh, the, the, the main you know pop culture like streamline you're not reminded of them so when you finally go do go back and see them you just like have a skewed perception of them like you remember them different almost when mm-hmm. you were a kid for so, sure no no the, I, I experienced that a lot yeah like, when I when I watch movies when I rewatch it as an adult it's like which I I, I mean everybody does it's, right it's obviously your brain changes uh, we're we're experienced uh, we're we're saturated with more modern modern uh, cinematic types. Like when we watch right. things now that are made with today's cinematic techniques, and we go back and we watch something that's old, we're like, oh, "Man, what the fuck is up with this dog shit?" Right? Yeah. It's, the, the, it's really crazy when you watch something that holds up. That's yeah, what trips yes. me out. Yes, it's like that's watch it. watch Jurassic Park. That shit will blow your mind. Right? It's yeah, like nineteen. Jurassic, what was that? Nineteen ninety one when that yeah, came out yeah, or there, something. There's and a like, few good examples yeah. of that, like Jurassic Park, Terminator Two. Yeah, that, like it's it, like it's it's it's, it's, it's that amazing. Shit's still good. Like yeah, it's pretty amazing. It makes you realize how far yeah. uh, ahead of their time those movies were. Speaking of which, with the Jurassic Park, um, you gotta see Ready Player One. Like I can't. Is it good? Yeah, yeah, I can't see you not loving that movie because it is full of every pop culture reference you could imagine. Right. Like I wrote a re- review on it the other day, and I wasn't like super super interested in seeing it because I wasn't really like familiar with the source material I, or anything. I, to be honest, like what I what I see as someone who who hasn't seen it yet, mm-hmm. it's like I'm not that interested in um, a movie that's just about reliving all kinds of other movies. It's, and that's well, all it, I'm, it, like, it 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 does that. It, it has it has its own like it has agenda. its own it has, it has its, its own, own agenda. It yeah, does yeah. it does have some. Um, it does kind of uh, have some very kind of generalized, like, traditional mm-hmm. themes, I guess you could say. It's almost like a digital, like, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Okay. Um, okay. But it's just so cool because it has so many, like, like I can't even tell you, like, like, um, like there's, they have, like, Akira, uh, the, the Kaneda's bike from uh, Akira, like, oh, racing yeah. the DeLorean. And oh, then yeah. As they're, racing, tight, as they're <laughs> racing each other. You've got a fucking the DT Rex from Jurassic Park that does the exact same roar, and King Kong chasing them. Like you've got yeah. okay, that's cool. Uh, like, there, there's so you have there. Let me and without and these aren't like spoilers. They're just quick little right, tidbits. Right, right. 
there's a scene in the movie where you have Goro from Mortal Kombat and then the chest burster from Alien coming out of Goro's chest. Okay. They have, for the first time ever, a Gundam, a full-size Gundam on the big screen battling a Mecha Godzilla. Like so it's it, just it's, like it's, really it's, fucking cool. It's so much more diverse than I expected. All right. Dude, so that, there's okay. it's got I thought everything. it was mostly like um uh what's his name? Uh director Steven Spielberg. See, I thought it was mostly going to be just Steven Spielberg things. No, 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 no. Like, they go into like all... everything. It's yeah. like everything that he's ever been a fan of like in one That's movie. That's awesome. That's really cool. And like uh it's so cool when the Gundam comes out and like you just hear the You remember Speaking of uh Kaneda's bike though, I want to tell you about this real quick. Yeah. Have you uh have you seen the like I don't know if it's like a 5 10 minute like uh trailer that that, that fan thing that those people did about doing like a live action Akira? I feel dude, like I have. When was, did it come out? It, I think it came out in like 2010 or I something. I think I did was, see it, but dude, I only saw I vaguely remember it. It was super tight. I was so bummed that they didn't make a real movie because right. it looked fucking amazing. It well, dude, really that would good. be so, like, I would, yeah. I would That'd love to do that into a big, yeah. But I would be, but I would almost be worried that it would have kind of like the, uh, like a Watchmen effect where people wouldn't get it if they hadn't yeah, seen the anime first. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like it, it, it it has potential to be a bummer dude too. i kind of thought that's what was uh gonna happen like when when i was watching the trailers for um for chronicle like right when i didn't really know what it was like about yet but i saw like the one guy he's got like he's coming out of the hospital all fucked up and he's like blowing shit up with his mind he's like, bah! <laughs> like yeah it kind of well like, it definitely did take elements of akira for sure for sure like, that yeah, movie heavily took, like, influenced yeah, yeah. um that's the funny thing too is like and it was all it was almost like the the guy who, who fought him in the end his buddy was almost like that Kaneda character right. yeah. who was like kind of cooler accepted yeah. in society yeah. more of like yep. you know and he's just like trying to help out his his dumb shit friend who's like kind of a bitch who's got powers yeah. all of a sudden yeah like, no it's just like yeah. it and it's that's what's really interesting too is I, I um that I feel like people don't realize is like I don't think there's one genre of uh storytelling that has been like copycatted more than anime but hasn't well, been directly people, adapted people want to hate anime I have this conversation with people all the time where it's like I, I tell them like please understand that anime is just a medium it's like, right. you do, like that fact that it is an anime doesn't mean that it's going to be one thing right or yeah and that's like, the thing that's what I tell people all the time too because most anime that I watch I don't even like but the right. anime that I watch that I do like, I really like. Yeah, it's like you know? the, it's like it's like one of my favorite things in the world when it's something I like. Yeah, Ninja Scroll, mm -hmm. and uh, and Cowboy Bebop. Cowboy Bebop. And, uh, yeah. Let's see what else. Akira, of course. Akira. Yeah, was... the original uh, Ghost in the Shell. You know, I haven't watched that yet. I've been meaning to forever, but you'd I never, like that. Yeah, it's I, good. I think I would. Um, can't forget Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball Z, of course. Yu Yu Hakusho. I yeah, Yu Yu Hakusho. I used to love that yeah. too. Dude, that was every, every once in a while, I'll throw on an episode yeah. of Yu Yu Hakusho. Yu Yu Hakusho was time. good. Like, I loved the original. Um, I loved the original Gundam even. Um, I, I've been meaning to watch that too. I it might people. be different. When really I watched good. it, I was like a little kid, so it's and it came out like in the seventies, so it's probably pretty aged now. But mm -hmm. well, um, well, 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 did you ever watch Lupin the Third? 
That's another one. I've, I've seen episodes of it, but I've been meaning to actually go back and watch the, it as an adult. Yeah, it's um, funny because it's kind of like a weird – he's just like a total pervert. He's yeah. almost like a weird uh, – He's like a private detective, right? He's is a that, private detective. He yeah. he's and a, you see there's a lot of um, – actually in Cowboy Bebop, there's a lot of Lupin the Third influence mm-hmm. in there. I've been, I've been meaning to watch uh, that movie. Um, what is it? The, the It's like the death of Evangelion or something like that. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's supposed to be like one of the greatest works of uh, anime. Yeah, there's like, well, there's and I don't know if I've ever even really sat down and like really like watched every episode of Evangelion, um, but I always really appreciated the. Uh, I'm just not a, I'm not a big fan of uh, of big robots. Big fighting, robots, yeah. So, but the, I still I can appreciate kinda, if it's really good. I can appreciate. That's what it. I was gonna say. The same here. Like the only one that I was ever real big fan of was Gundam. Yeah, and not even. I didn't care for like Gundam Wing. I liked there's a certain storyline within Gundam called like Universal Century, where they follow this mm-hmm. particular. It's more like um, like they're following like a war. It's mm-hmm. like a combat themed thing. Whereas mm-hmm. all the other Gundams kind of revolved around like they were more cheesy. Like they would re- right. revolve around like these. Uh, I don't know. It was just different. It's kind of hard to explain. But um, about Big O. Big O. Yeah. Oh, man. I, did you like Big O? No, I thought Big no, O was dude. terrible. Big O was the worst. Yeah. It looked so it was dumb. Really, really stupid. It was, dude, how retarded did that robot look? Yeah. Big O! I thought that was the worst fucking. I always wondered, too, like, how did this one end up on. Uh, on uh, Toonami? Yeah. Dude, Toonami was, was tight. Did you ever go back and watch those uh, the little. Yeah, yeah. I just watched one the other day. The trailer. So those trailers were pumped, like. Yeah, those dude. were like works of art. Those were they so were. Good. The, the Dragon Ball Z ones get me pumped. Yeah. I'll watch that before I train sometimes. Well, and they were like. so, like, those were so, they did such a good job of making you feel like, because, like, for people, anime is so popular now, but, like, back in the 90s growing up, anime felt like this kind of uh, secret thing. Yeah. It felt like this thing that if you knew about you it, had it to, was like. Yeah, you had yeah. to go, like, get VHS tapes right. from, uh, from like, the weird part of the yeah. stores. Like, there's the porn section, there's the anime section. <laughs> there's section. the anime. Sometimes the anime yeah. section was, like, bled into the porn yeah, section always. a little bit. Like, yeah. and, then you f- and then you would have to, like, go, like, if you wanted to know more about that type of, like, that anime, you'd have to go online and find some really obscure. Mm-hmm. Back in dial up days, too, when yeah. it wasn't, like, easy to just go online and do shit. You had to, like, turn your entire houses uh, right like phone lines off and yeah everything. and then if and somebody would call them. they would get rid of your connection yeah. and you're like fuck yeah, yeah. And i'm on these on these web pages i'm on web crawlers searching like yeah. animation <laughs> yep yep i kind like, of Toonami yeah. really brought that together a lot like, they did yeah. they did a really good job of importing because that was the first real i the, even before Toonami, i remember sci-fi channel did it do you remember that no sci-fi channel used sci-fi. to have this thing it was like did saturday I, night uh, Saturday night anime or something. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. and I, I uh, but I, I on Saturday nights, uh, Friday and Saturday nights, we had um, we had pizza and we'd rent movies. Right. So, I so didn't, yeah, I didn't watch anything on TV. Well, and on they Saturday would nights, they would do so. more obscure stuff. Like I remember uh, the first anime I ever saw was on Sci Fi Channel when I was like seven years old, and I remember it was called Iria, and. Uh, it's just kind of a weird, obscure anime, but it, uh, it was. I remember when I first saw it. It was it was the strangest thing to me because I remember they cussed a little bit, mm-hmm. not a lot. There was some blood, and then I remember the girl had like huge boobs, and I was like, "What the fuck kind of cartoon is this? <laughs> like, what is this? This is like." Did, it was crazy to me. Did you ever see the uh, the forty five minute um, the forty five minute uh, Baki the Grappler OVA? 
No, I don't think so. Well, that was, that was the first anime. Or you know what? I think you might have showed me that one time. It's great. It's I'm pretty really sure great. you and Tony showed me that. Um, uh, and it's the one where he like um, where he kicks the guy's shoulder out at the at the garage. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You did. You he, guys did show me that. Yeah, then he fights the uh, the cord cutter guy. Yes. Like, yeah. He has like a different villains that he he goes yeah, at it on, with. On, and... on that one, it's only those two that he fights. Right. Okay. Uh, it's like deep into the Baki story where he's already champion in the uh, in the in the arena. Um, that was the first one I ever saw. Like, I watched that with my dad. My dad is very, like, anti-cartoon. So, but, like, for some reason, he was just like, so, so, Grappler Baki, the ultimate fighter. It's like, he knew I was really into fighting stuff. I was like a little kid. He's all, the ultimate fighter. Let's check it out. <laughs> we watched it, and it was like, I fucking loved it. I don't know what my dad thought about it. <laughs> like, I was just like, garbage. Yeah. I was like, this shit's fucking tight. <laughs> I ended up. Uh, have you watched? Uh, have you watched the show, uh, Baki the Grappler? The only thing I've seen of it is what you guys showed me. Dude, I highly recommend it. I yeah. used to train with this dude Johnny. Uh, this dude Johnny in his garage, and he would always do clan anime, and that's where I started watching uh, Baki the Grappler. Mm-hmm. And um, it's super cool, dude. dude. Did Baki a... do any actual grappling though? Because from what I remember, you guys showing me, didn't he mostly just like beat the shit out of guys with strikes? Yeah, he was mostly a striker. <laughs> they called him they, the grappler, was, but he was a striker. Yeah, like <laughs> they they talk about it like the art of grappling is to right. be the best. Just like in at like fighting, <laughs> just <laughs> like in a in a Street Fighter, Dalsim is a yeah. martial arts master of yoga. Yeah, right. <laughs> like yoga is a fucking He's martial stretching art. His arms, I was like, <laughs> uh, it just shows how like little people understand. Yeah martial arts back then um true but uh actually what's really cool about uh baki the grappler is it, it it touches on on real martial arts like a lot like it goes into um a, like old school japanese jiu-jitsu uh it, it goes into like different types of kung fu and it, it's like they talk about chinese boxing there's this guy who talks like that and he's <laughs> He's the Chinese boxer. He's like, my martial arts style has gone back 50,000 years. <laughs> How can you hope to compare your fighting style? <laughs> it's only been around for 100 years. <laughs> I like how, too, like, people, like, you still will get that sometimes. Or I'll be talking to somebody, and they'll talk about, like, you know, like, it's almost like the older, they'll have this idea that the older martial art is, the better. It's right. like, no, it probably is not as good. It's, it's, probably it's probably not. It's horrible. It's probably worse. <laughs> I think that goes with most anything. Like but. some, like even like we go to when we go to do these like hot yoga classes and stuff. And um, they, we had this instructor the other day, and she goes, "There's this pose that they do called they they just call it like wild thing." She's like, "No, I want everybody to go into the wild thing pose." Then she goes, but it's actually not called wild thing. It's something that really bothers me. It's actually called an opening of the bleeding sacred heart, or like some like ridiculous. <laughs> it's like who gives? It's, it's it's a stretch. Who it's cares stretch. what you fucking call it? Put yourself in wild so thing. You're telling, me, you're telling me that uh, that just because that term that they used to describe it two thousand years ago that they made up is somehow better than the term that they made up a few years ago? Like pairs. <laughs> It doesn't make it better. It's yeah, just like I hate when they, they get into the uh, the mumbo jumbo. It's uh-huh. like just tell me what it's stretching, tell me how to do it, and I'm mm-hmm. happy. I don't need to know the fucking the philosoph- philosophical terms behind it. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know, man. It's I, 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 
That's a really good point to take that from like the kung fu thing. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, it's super old, but that doesn't mean that like <laughs> who cares Probably what you call really. it? I'm not really <laughs> focusing my chi. Maybe I am. I don't know, but like I do that in other ways. So. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, man, I recommend it. I think uh, I think there's a lot of a lot of fun things you would get out of uh, Baki the Grappler. It's weird how it's it's full of. Um, it's full of actual martial arts information and knowledge stacked on top of silly, over-dramatized right. anime stylistics, and it's it's a lot of fun to watch. But um, overall, what I really like about it is like it's it's this guy's fucking journey uh, to become the best martial artist in the world because he wants to beat up his dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, that's the story of any fighter, of any great fighter. He's just on a constant quest to beat up his father. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's super funny like his dad is basically just like he's uh he's he's uh uh it's yoshiro Yush- uh yujiro he's yujiro hanma and his he's dad, just he's just like a major he's, asshole he's a major asshole <laughs> it's like he's like invincible he's just like this Man. big red-haired monster who's like they call him the ogre and he's like <laughs> wow it goes uh he goes like he's the best martial artist in the world. He's got like the, the number one Muay Thai fighter in the world. Like fighting him, he's just like fighting him with his finger. <laughs> <laughs> he's in like Vietnam, like breaking people's necks. He's <laughs> like, he doesn't need a gun. No, dude, he's just like he's like McGruber. He yeah, just rips out the straight up McGruber, <laughs> just ripping throats out. Exactly, dude. Uh, like it's funny. it's super funny like um uh he's just this like hardcore dude and like and he he uh he bangs uh he bangs um fucking baki's mom and he's like you will bear me a son and you will be the greatest (laughs) fighter it's so intense it's so ridiculous you love it dude i'm i'm I'll have to do a Matt Reviews Media on it. Oh, fuck yeah. That would be yeah, awesome. That's that, what I should do. Yeah, that's, a good, that's a good one for a Matt Reviews Media. Yeah. Uh, I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a hard center line with your, you know, like, <laughs> between good and bad, because it's got a lot of cool shit in it, and it's got well, a lot of really dumb shit in I it. I think that's the best. You know, when it comes to especially, like, martial arts type stuff in media, that's, uh, you know, it kind of goes full circle to back when we started talking uh-huh. about Never Back Down too. Right. I think in order to have a great martial arts movie... Or a great martial arts cartoon or anime or whatever it is. There's also got to be some silliness peppered in. Like look sure, at like Kill sure. Bill or yeah. like look at you know it's almost yeah. always. There's got to be some fantastical uh, stuff. Again, a lot like uh, how we were talking about um, the bringing it full circle again. Book of Five Rings, the the samurai uh, practicing soft art. When you're really submerged in that that theme. Of, of violence and hardness there's got to be something to balance it out right you can't be completely submerged in uh in that topic of uh hardcore action you know yeah absolutely yeah let's see what time are we at right now we're yeah we're at about uh two hours and 20 minutes it's one o'clock we gotta uh, work in a half hour so work in a half an hour and i gotta yeah. i gotta meet up with my family we're we're doing lunch so we gotta wrap this up uh Thank you all for joining us today. I think this has been a lot of fun. I hope we can uh, get together and do this, yes. uh, do yeah. this again soon. I want to thank my sponsors, but I don't have any. So, uh, 
I want to thank my sponsors, uh, Matt Reviews Media. Uh, and, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, let's uh, <laughs> let's, let's let's throw this one out there. Uh, check out check out Matt Reviews Media. Uh, Matt Lovato. What is it? It's a uh, intrinsic. Uh, oh, intrinsic fitness. resistance is my okay. yeah my exercise fitness page. Okay. Yeah, have a look at Matt Lovato's intrinsic resistance uh, fitness page and for for some some laughs and some good advice on funny things to to watch. Check out his Matt Reviews Media page. Um, you can catch me on uh, Bone Catron for my Instagram. Uh, it's got all my, my updates on uh, on upcoming fights, what's going on with my training. Uh, my uh, that that'll also have links to my my fighter fan page. We'll have a little bit more information. Thanks again for joining us, you guys. We're out. <laughs>